0: 12 years, you didn't even know you had a son. But then one day, I ran away from military school to look for you. And I'll never forget the words you
1: said when your eyes met mine. You're my what? Mrs. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you. Hi. I'm your son.
2: To join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Will you, Edward, take this woman as your lawful and wedded wife? I will. And will you, Kate, take this man as your lawful and wedded husband? I will. With this ring, I thee wed. I now pronounce
3: you husband and wife to face a
4: couple of Hey there everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together, we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Well, today I'm bringing to you Season 5, episode 21, entitled, Pardon My French, which aired on February 27th, 1987. In this episode, Grandfather Stratton returns from France, surprising everyone with his much younger fiancé. Um, I gotta, I wanna look at his IMDb. Have we, I feel like we have not seen him For, since season four. I can't even remember if he'd even made an appearance in season five yet. So, let's, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find out. I gotta know. Oh, here we go. Alright. Grandfather's Fair. 14 episodes. Um, (laughs) this is his first episode in season five. And his final episode of the show. So, wow. Uh, season four, he was in three episodes, season three was in four episodes, season two he was in three episodes, and season one he was in three episodes. So, yes, this is his final episode of the show. So, oh, wow, he would have passed away on Halloween in 1988. He was born in 1902, John Houseman was. I'm just thinking, if Silver Spoons had gone another year... They, well, and the thing is, I wonder if maybe at that time, he, maybe he was in in, in poor health. And it's like, okay, we can get you for, you one episode. Because the episode is mainly about Grandfather Stratton. So, and I'm just kind of wondering, yeah, they would have probably phased him out. I mean, like I said, I kept wondering, like, have we not seen him in season five yet? And it turns out, nope, we have not. So it looks like they're kind of closing the final chapter on Grandfather Stratton here in this episode. We also have some other guest stars. We have... I, I It looks like LINE to me. L-I-N-E. But maybe it's like Lean Lin, uh, um, Renault. Playing Jacqueline. We have Robin Lively. Who had been in... The episode, you know, on the be- um the beach episode, the beach house, she was played another character, so they got her back as Chrissy, because you know Rick always has to have some girl that he's infatuated with or dating or trying to date. We have Roger Till playing a maitre D. We have Salone Fisher as a chauffeur. We have Elaine St. A-L-I-X as a waiter. And we have Stan Freeman as a piano player. A lot of extras here. This episode was directed by Jack Shea. Also, it was rated 6.4 out of 10, based on 18 ratings. Writers David W. Duchlan, the creator, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. The many men that make up the show's creative team, Silver Spoons. Also written by Ron Clark. There's no user reviews because there really never is. And there's no trivia. The other episode I will be discussing, because since season five happened, three episodes in were single episodes, and then from there I went to double episodes. So... Wow, we have another episode referring to Rick's education. Season 5, episode 22, entitled Educating Rick, which aired on March 2nd, 1987. Disappointed by Rick's interest in party schools, Edward steers him toward a more rigorous all-male college. All-male college? Edward, did you go to an all-male college? If not, why are you making your son? I get he wants his son to be successful. But, uh, but when Rick and Brad attend an open house weekend, they have a hard time restraining their interest in the local female students. Well, they are 16, 17. Is is Rick still 16 at this point? Because if it went on to season six, we'd see him maybe graduating high school. That sounds like that would have been a great way to end the series. Boom, he graduates high school. And then he's off to college, and we see him packing his bags and leaving to go to college wherever he's gonna go, whether it's New York, whether it's LA, whether it's Florida, whether it's somewhere else, and another, who knows. But I think, and we'll get to that, once once I've done covering the episodes, I'm gonna talk about, of course, the final two episodes of the show, in its entirety, so... The podcast after this, guys, is the final podcast of the Silver Spoons podcast. It's done. I'll have completed all five seasons. So, this episode's got a 7.2 out of 10 based on 19 ratings. It's called Educating Rick. I, you know what I kind of miss? I miss just Alfonso and Rick hanging out. We get a lot of Brad and Rick and... Fred is not the best influence for Rick, I don't think. I think, well, Alfonso sometimes has his moments too, but I miss the duo of Rick and Alfonso. We got it, you know, when Alfonso came out in season three, and it just seems like Rick kind of traded one friend for another friend. I mean, he still hangs with Alfonso, but it seems like it's never really one-on-one. It's usually as a trio half the time, like him and Brad and Alfonso, and sometimes, occasionally, Eyeball Chambers slash Eric, I think his character's name is. So this episode, we got... This guy looks like a... I don't know. Oh, he plays Dean Stockwell, so it looks like, yes, they are going to a college. Macon McCallman? We have John Walcott as Charles. We have, um, well, he's a regular, so he's not an extra. We have Heidi Kozak Headed playing Bonnie. We got Helen Udy, <laughs> I don't think that's U D Y, I don't know how you pronounce that, playing Sherry. We have Curtis Marlowe playing Philip and Larry Spinak playing Spence. Holy crap! Guys! Look at the director! Joel Higgins! He directed an episode of Silver Spoons*. No way! Well, I mean, he co-directed, because there's also John S-G-U-E Skooglia? I, I don't know, but... Wow! Wow! That is so cool! And he's got one direct... This is it, guys! This is, it. This is Joel's act, uh, directing debut! I am... Very excited now to see how this episode is going to flow. I really am. Of course, we got David W. Duclan, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, the many men that make up the show Silver Spoons. Of course, we got to give writing credits to George Tricker and Neil Rosen. Let's see. 7.2 out of 10... Walk like in Egypt, performed by the Bengals! So this song must be playing, like, maybe in the girls' dorms or something. The girls are listening to the Bengals. Well, it's not like one of the cast members is. It doesn't say performed by Ricky Schroeder or Joel Higgins or Aaron Gray. (laughs) It doesn't say any of that. So, of course, before I get into the episodes, I want to let you know where you can find... The episode on social the, the episode the podcast on social media so you can see what episodes I'm doing. Go to Facebook, type in Silverspoons Podcast. The together we're gonna find our way an unofficial Silverspoons Podcast will show up in the in the search bar. We have Silverspoons Podcast on Instagram. We also have I barely use it anymore, it's the Punky Power slash Silverspoons Podcast. Twitter page, but I haven't really posted much there in quite a while. Once the Punky Brewster reboot comes up, and I'll be posting there more. Um, And it just now hit me how sad this is, because once the show is done, I don't really know what I'm going to be posting on those pages. Just, you know, birthday updates for the cast members... Uh, Maybe some trivia, you know, pictures from seasons, you know, one through four or five. Just kind of trying to keep the pages active and we'll kind of go from there. But, uh, yeah, gosh, I can't believe it's coming to an end. I started this back in September of 2018 and it's a little over two years later. But then again, I mean, it only took me less than two years to cover Punky Brewster. Granted, I was doubling up some episodes in season two, and if I hadn't been doubling up season five, then I'd still be covering it in 2021. I'm like, no, I kind of want to just keep each podcast show I do to the length of two years. That's why I really am going to be doing, when I kick off Different Strokes to Move the World podcast, a Different Strokes podcast, is going to be taking the place of Silver Spoons in January. I actually thought, well, I could do, like, four episodes a month in the, like, two episodes every, you know, two, you know, two weeks of the month I'll do, like, two episodes. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm afraid I'm going to get overloaded again, (laughs) and I don't want to just be like, I don't want to do this anymore, because I want, this is supposed to be fun, and I'm enjoying it. I don't want it to get to a point where it's going to seem like it's work. So, I'm going to be doing Different Strokes weekly singular episodes, and my goal is, because there's eight seasons, my goal is I'm hoping to get the show done within a couple years. Now, odds are, maybe down the line, I might start doubling up on some episodes. Like, hey, let's, you know, finish up the year with this season and then in the new year. I always like to try to start a new season of a show at the beginning of a year. So, yeah, I can't believe it. And Silver Spoons is going to be my third completed television show podcast. You know, I had Punky Power. I had... The Wonder Years and now Silver Spoons will be the third one and I just I can't believe I started this journey like in February of 2017 I know there are other podcasts that have been going for longer and stuff like that but I just I'm enjoying this I'm enjoying going back and watching these shows and even Silver Spoons I'd only seen a handful of episodes so it's fun being on this ride getting to know you know watch Rick grow up from Ricky to Rick Meeting Alfonso and Dexter. Seeing Kate and Edward's relationship blossom from dating to, uh, event you know, eventually married. So, it's just, it's so, it's, it's been a fun ride. And I got, yeah, these two and the next episode and that's it. So, um, alright, I'm ready. I'm ready, guys. Let's jump into part of my French and say a sad farewell to John Houseman. As Edward Stratton the third. I mean Edward Stratton the second. Wow. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Alright everybody. Let's do this. Alright so we come out of the intro. We are in the living room. We have Edward sitting on the couch. Reading a book that says. The poor need money too. And it looks like the cover. it's, It's a white. And black cover. It looks like it has some sad-looking, disadvantaged preteens on the cover, and the it's a fake book. It doesn't exist because why would that that title would never fly? The poor need money too, and it's got like dollar signs at the top of where the title would be, and it starts at like the biggest dollar sign, and there's five of them, and they each get smaller as as it goes. Kate, of course, is got some champagne and some glasses ready on the table that's behind the couch. Looks like they're expecting somebody. And Kate, of course, is like, gee, I wonder what's taking your father so long. And Edward's like, you know what, he probably stopped on his way to ruin... One of his competitors. You know how he is. And he reminds her, you know, my father hates to take time away from business. And Kate says, well, I mean, he took time to visit Paris. And Edward just looks at her and says, Kate, he wasn't visiting. He was trying to buy it. He has enough money to buy a country? Good golly, Miss Molly we hear the doorbell ring and she's like oh yep that's him alright and since the remote is right there and they're in the living room I like I don't want to walk the 20 plus feet to the door let's just open it it's got some really good range on that door opener I'm surprised like that wasn't couldn't have been placed into development I want to look that up it's 2020 where are our door openers for us (laughs)
1: What do you think it's taking your father so long?
5: Maybe he stopped on the way over to ruin a competitor. (laughs) You know, he hates to take time away from business.
1: Well, he took time off to visit Paris.
5: He wasn't visiting, Kate. He was trying to buy it. (laughs)
1: Ah, that's him. Hi, Miss Stratton. Oh, hi, Chrissy. Rick!
5: Hi, Chrissy.
6: Hello, Mr. Stratton. Hey, Chrissy, what's up? I need to talk to you, alone.
4: Oh, she's got a bone to pick.
1: Why don't we go into the kitchen? I will make us some fresh coffee.
5: (laughs) I couldn't have said it better.
6: (laughs) Ella, come on in. Have a seat.
0: No, thanks. I won't be staying that long. Here, I won't be needing this ring.
6: Why are you giving me back my friendship ring? Because
0: we're not going steady anymore. Why not? Please don't make this any more difficult.
6: Yeah, Chrissy, what did I do? Well, if you have to ask. Of course I have to ask. How else will I know? Oh, That is so typically male. <laughs> what what did you do about?
4: I knew you wouldn't understand. You didn't even give me <laughs> an
3: explanation, girl.
6: That was quick.
4: What happened?
6: I haven't got the slightest idea. Dad, I'm almost 17, and I still don't understand women.
5: (laughs) Welcome to the club.
4: So Kate opens the door, and it's not Grandfather Stratton. It's Chrissy. Rick's, well, at one point she probably was his girlfriend, but she takes his, he calls it a friendship ring. So, I guess a friendship ring is just below a promise ring. Because she actually... He's like, hey, you want to sit down? Well, no. She says, can we talk, you know, privately? And Rick looks at Kate and Edward like, can you guys, like, get out of here and go to the kitchen or something? And Kate's like, you know, I'm really needing a cup of coffee. Edward, why don't you come with me? So, they leave them alone and... Rick's like, hey, why don't you sit down? She, oh no, I won't be staying long. As she pulls her ring off. And he's like, that's my friendship ring. Why are you giving it back to me? Rick could just as easily have gone outside with her. You know, it's kind of funny. It seems like... Didn't in the Beach House episode, she ended up breaking up with him? So he's getting dumped by Robin Robin Lively twice. So... (laughs) He's like, why are you giving me back my friendship ring? And she looks at him like, it's so obvious. Because we're not going steady anymore. And he's like baffled. Like, what? what, w- Why? Like, give me a reason and let me know what, what did I do. Yeah, he says, why not? And she says, please don't make this any more difficult. He is like, ba- like Chrissy, what did I do? And she, literally, she looks at him like, you really have no idea. How dumb are you? Yeah, she's like, well, if you have to ask, and Rick is just, of course I have to ask. He says, how else would I know? And she's like, ugh. And she turns and leaves. She says, oh, that's so typically male. And she turns around and leaves. What? It's so typically male that he doesn't understand why you're ending their relationship like he should already know. Okay, Chrissy... You do know that he's a teenage boy, right? They're not always going to be necessarily as mature as, you know, young, you know, teen. But teenage girls are a very, and I can understand Rick, like, Dad, I'm almost 17 and I don't understand women. It's like, join, Ever <laughs> says join the club. Buddy, it ain't going to get easier. Girls always want you to know what they're thinking all the time. So they don't have to spell it out for you. And girls also want you to be thinking about them even when they're not there. And when you're not, yeah. But girls, teenage girls also, even though in some ways may be mature, they're still very much immature and very, everything to them is the end of the world and they're very overly dramatic. Not every single girl is like that. I'm not saying everyone is. I'm just saying... It's a time when your emotions, you're letting your emotions get in the way of your feelings. Like Chrissy. I bet. Here's my, here's what I guess is going to happen. She sees Rick in that, um, uh, God, no, I can't even think of it. A beret. And she takes him back immediately. Like, oh, I mean, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Yeah, she goes to the door. He's like, what are you talking about? And she looks at him and says, I knew you wouldn't understand. What did he do? Look at another girl while he was out on a date with you? Not call you at a specific time that you asked him to? Everett and Kate come out and we're like, wow, that was quick. And Kate, of course, is more concerned. like, oh, no, what happened? And Rick's like, I don't have the slightest idea. Dad, I'm almost 17 and I still don't understand women. That's because they're teenage girls. They're not women. And even women are difficult to understand. That's me speaking as one. I couldn't be a more harder egg to crack. Actually no, I'm pretty uh <laughs> you can tell my emotions pretty easily. I leave nothing to the imagination. Trust, I mean, as far as my feelings and emotions, you can read my body language just fine.
5: Hey, see she's back.
4: No.
6: Hey, well, Father. So, did you have a good time in Paris? we oui. uh,
5: <laughs> Kate? Father? Philip, put down those parcels.
1: Parcels? Oh, what in the world is all of this?
5: Hey, a few trinkets from Paris. Oh. Shall I wait in the limo? Can you think of a better place? <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait in the limo.
3: That kind of looks like
5: I'd well, I... father, can I take your uh. Hat? Honey, honey. It's a beret. Richard, bring in the loot.
1: You really shouldn't have. Oh yeah, grandfather, you really
6: shouldn't have. Hey, which one is mine?
3: <laughs> Let's see what I got
6: here.
5: Hey. A
1: beret! <laughs> Two for one sale.
5: <laughs> France, all the men wear them.
1: Go
4: ahead, try it on. Ah, he's rocking. (laughs) He looks like he should be... No
6: woman will be able to resist her. He hasn't met Chrissy yet.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now,
5: Father, to make you feel more at home, we opened a bottle of French wine.
1: Yes. Here's to your return to America.
2: Votre santé.
6: I know what that means. We learned that in French. That means to your health. They told me it meant down the hatch.
3: (laughs)
5: now aren't you two going to open your presents let me see here aha back scratcher he's a very big in french you know you scratch my back i scratch yours (laughs) amusing
1: (gasps) oh
4: you didn't it's beautiful thank you
1: don't
5: you want to try it on
4: oh oh, no my
1: grandfather (laughs) yeah
5: there'll be a private showing later i bet there will be (laughs) very private and much later (laughs) well i'm glad you all enjoyed your presence i want you to be my guests this evening at the cafe
1: versailles oh what is the occasion
5: Need an occasion to
1: live.
5: (laughs) I'll send the limo around seven. Grandfather, am I invited too? no Rick, it's a school night. Oh, nonsense. You only live once. Au revoir. I put the grave on there.
1: Au revoir. Goodbye. Thank you again.
5: He's acting very strangely. Yeah. He's just in a good mood. That's what I mean.
4: Oh, oh, doorbell rings and uh, Edward says hey look she's back and he Rick, r- runs to the door no it's not it's not Chrissy it's your grandfather who has a chauffeur with three bags two shopping bags are white and one is red oh, I love that His grandfather's got his arms open and he hugs Rick. He is the only one, it seems like, that Rick is, like, the only one he wants to be openly affectionate with compared to his son, Edward, who he wants nothing to do with half the time or majority of the time. Okay, I gotta check who this chauffeur is played by because he... It's got a face that looks familiar, but then again, I said that about another character in another show that I cover, and I couldn't have been more wrong of not knowing. Turns out I didn't know that person from anything. He just had a face that looked familiar. So Rick pulls back from the hug. He like, "Grandfather, did you have a great time in Paris?" And grandfather Stratton says, "We," oui. <laughs> which is f- French for yes. He he looks bright, smiley, I mean, smiley for Grandfather Stratton. (laughs) Okay, I looked up the chauffeur, the actor who plays him, and he, again, it's one of those people that looks like I know him from somewhere, but looking at his IMDb, there is not a thing in there that I would recognize him from, and he's only got 12 credits, and none of them are, I mean, he's in an episode of Mr. Belvedere, but it's a season 5 episode, and I don't really watch many season five or six episodes of Mr. Belvedere, which I do plan to jump into Mr. Belvedere a little more next year, along with some episodes of Roseanne and also Growing Pains and kind of, you know, switching off months. Like this month I'll do one on Growing Pains, next month Roseanne, next month Mr. Belvedere, and so on and so forth. So, Grandfather just addresses Edward and Kate like, Edward? Kate, and then he points to, uh, the chauffeur says, put those, he calls them parcels, they're like shopping bags, two white ones and a red one in the middle, which I can see the red one is going to be Edward's and the one on closer to the door, the white package is Rick's and then of course there's one that is for Kate on the other end. And Kate asks, like, oh, what in the world is this? And I love how Grandfather Stratton refers to them as just some trinkets from Paris for my trip. And the chauffeur, what a sweet guy. He's like, should I wait in the limo? And Grandfather Stratton just looks at him and glares like, where else would I have you go? Oh, he says, can you think of a better place? Like, be gone from my sight. <laughs> you know who this guy... Okay, it's not that guy. But there is a guy. There is an actor that... You know he... Okay, oh, I know. It's not Andy Dick, but he does have that face. Um, Another example would be that episode of Punky Brewster. I believe it's season 3 where Punky decides to skip school to see the space mutants from whatever planet. And that guy, the concessionist, or the ticket taker at the ticket-taking booth, looks like Andy Dick, but it's not Andy Dick. This guy kind of looks similar to that. But another character, and I'm trying. he's been in a couple things. Um, there's an episode called, I think it's Brain Dead Poet Society of Roseanne. I think it's like season three or four. Where... Darlene gets chosen to read her poem in uh up on stage and there's this kid whose name is like Myron or Milton or something and he's wearing glasses and he's his poems about like a bird fly away little bird uh, but that guy also can look like him even though it's I know it's not he's just he's got a face that is similar to those of other people that look familiar have you ever had someone come up to you and mistake you for someone else? I had, I think, we went to the circus Jeremy and I did back when we were, I think that's when we were dating. Someone's like, oh, do you go to that one church and your mother is so-and-so? And, I mean, I could have played it cool. And he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry, you had me mistaken for someone else. I really wish I hadn't said, no, I'm sorry, my mom's not alive. Because that's not that guy's in uh, business and it Just makes me look and sound very weird. So Edward says, Father, could I take your hat? And, of course, Grandfather just takes his hat off his, his beret, if you will. It's a beret. Takes it off his head. Kind of, like, takes it and smushes it down so he can fit it in the inside breast pocket of his suit jacket. So Grandfather points to Rick and says, Richard, bring the loot. So he's going to bring it over to the couch so everyone can, uh, see what they got. Wouldn't that be cool if you knew somebody, whether it's a relative who went, like, you know, say a grandparent or a friend or whoever, they went to another country that you know probably you'll never get to in your lifetime, and they actually are considerate, and they get something for you. Like, maybe it's like a bookmark, or maybe it's like, um a rock with an engraved quote on it or something to the... But just the... Or, or even a beret! He's, he, he... Yeah. Something cool that is like... It makes it great because it came from another country and it just... You know you're ne- probably never going to get there yourself. So it's like, yeah, it's like they're bringing priests of Paris, France to me. Or in Rick and the family. So both Kate and Rick are like, oh, you really shouldn't have done this. It just, it does seem a smidge out of character. I mean, Grandfather seems jovial for him. So Rick's like, oh, what one's mine? And Grandfather points, Rick pulls out a rectangular blue box, opens it. It's a beret. And when he puts it on, I don't know why, but I just got this, like, Seventeenth century, sixteenth century, like painter vibe, and I could just see him with like an easel and like I'm not sure what that thing is, that circular thing that uh, Bob Ross holds that has all the paints on it. If you guys know, you can feel free to. You know what I'm, a, like a palette, right? It's a palette, or is it? Cause is it like palette or something? But. I just, I, as soon as he, Rick put that beret on, I immediately, I I got that vibe. Like, ooh, I could see him as a painter. Like, going all Bob Ross on us. And his blonde hair really goes great with that black beret. It really looks good. And Edward is pouring, for the adults, some French wine. And Edward because. You know, Grandfather has a beret. Edward says, oh, two-for-one sale? (laughs) And Grandfather tells him, in France, all the men wear berets. And I love how Grandfather Stratton looks at Rick and says, no woman on Earth would be able to resist you, like, in that beret. It's like, yeah, I don't know why, but I think it's just because... Rick has light, you know, blonde hair, and it really goes good with the beret where, I mean, you know, if someone had dark hair, it'd look good, too. But it just, for whatever reason, the blonde, the lightness really makes this look pop. And I don't know jack Diddley about fashion, so, yeah. (laughs) And Rick's like, oh, he hasn't met Chrissy yet. Oh, I can bet that if he met Chrissy, he would put her in her place. Like, how dare you turn down a Stratton man? Are you insane? So, Kate toasts with the French wine. Here's to your return to America. So, Grandfather Stratton throws out some French, you know, in a toast. And Rick's like, I know what that means. We learned it in French in school. It means to your health. And... Grandfather says, well, actually, I thought it meant down the hatch. Oh, yeah. He says, they told me it meant down the hatch. <laughs> so, grandfather looks to Edward and Kate like, aren't you two going to open your presents? He gives Edward a wooden back scratcher, which I don't even have one of those. They're not expensive, but it's always good, like, when you need it. <laughs> your back itches in a place that your arm can't hand can't get to, so... Yeah, yeah. And I like what he does. He's like, oh, kind of like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And he takes the back scratcher part and, like, leans it back over behind Kate's back. (laughs) And, um, let me just say what Grandfather Stratton gets his, who's supposed to be his daughter-in-law, the daughter-in-law, mind you. This is wildly inappropriate. I would feel extremely grossed out if my father-in-law did this. He gives her lingerie, and then, that's not the word, that's not the gross part. The gross part is he says, hey, why don't you try it on? I'm like, Okay, you, mm, mm, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Edward's like, no, 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 she'll give me a private show later. I'm like, oh, I bet she will. <laughs> and when Kate opens it, she's not grossed out at all. She's like, oh, she, you know, because it came from France. That's as close to France as she's going to get. It's that, uh, that lingerie, that see-through lingerie. Oh, my gosh, guys, when you listen to the clip, listen to the wolf- whistles the the cat calling the woo like okay audience men men settle down now stay in your seats (laughs) they go buck wild and i'm like okay men calm down it's just a television show (laughs) i'm sure that private show that edward talks about is going to happen behind closed doors so yeah when he asks, Wouldn't you like to try it on? Kate looks at him and says, Why, grandfather? Like, what? You dirty old man. <laughs> so he's inviting Edward, Kate, and Rick to it sounds like a French restaurant. Something, Cafe Versaud or something. I don't know French. I never took it in school. Kate asks, What's the occasion? And he just looks at her and asks, You need an occasion to live? He's going to send the limo for them around 7. All right, cool, cool. I mean, free food. I'm all in. I don't care where we go. It's free. I ain't paying. So Rick, of course, asks Grandfather, like, oh, am I invited too? And Eber jumps in there like, oh, I don't know, Rick. It's a school night. And Grandfather puts a hand on Rick's shoulder and says, nonsense. You only live once. The fact that he's... I mean, he is quite old. <laughs> We've established that. He's, like, in his 80s. And he's got this whole... What Do you know what this reminds me of? Remember the episode? I think it was, like, season three? When he and some rival, like, in, company, whatever... Um, had died, and then Grandfather Stratton was just going crazy, having wild parties, getting arrested. And it kind of seems something in that regard, but it it doesn't sound from what, this is just the beginning, really, of the episode, so I'm not going to call it just yet. But he it seems like that same motto, maybe he lives by that motto, you're you know, only Young ones, or see, you know, the whole carpe diem, seize the day type thing. Oh, he winked. He winked at them. <laughs> he says, "Au revoir," and he puts his beret back on. Ed- after grandfather leaves, Edward says to Kate, like he is acting very strangely. And Kate just shrugs it off like, oh, he's in a good mood. And I'm sure Edward's like, exactly, when has he ever been in a good mood? This is my father we're talking about here. All right, let's get to the dinner.
5: Here you are, Monsieur Straton. your guest. Thank you, Jean Paul. Evening,
1: Grandfather. Evening,
5: Father? Hey, Grandfather. Well, oh, well, well, this is quite a layout.
1: Yes, hmm. it's very
6: elegant. Dad, you like it. Uh, this is the best nightclub I've ever been to.
4: Nightclub?
6: The only nightclub. Oh swell, Mrs. Yeah, you're not Nice to see you home. again. Yes.
5: Thank I'm you, Pierre. <laughs> well, father, if I didn't know any better, I'd think you own this place. I do.
4: Really? <laughs> well,
5: that's why we're here.
4: <laughs> so They all sit down at this table and Rick's like, wow, I've never been to a nightclub before. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know it was a nightclub. It just looks like a fancy restaurant, but it's got a stage with a piano on it. So I guess it's called a nightclub, maybe a fancy nightclub. I mean, when I think of nightclubs, I just think of, you know, people on stage, like what, I, a nightclub with a, a dance floor and there's music playing and it's open till like four in the morning or so. I've never been to those. I would never go. But, mm And Everett says, because he knows the waiter and the uh, maitre d' yeah, Same thing. Anyway. Um, but he knows him by name. And after they leave, Everett says, you know, father... If I didn't know any better, I'd say that you own the place. And grandfather says, I do. Wow. <laughs> okay. So we cut to the stage. There's the piano. The man at the piano announces Jacqueline, the singer, and I didn't even play that section or her singing because it honestly feels like it is a it's a long song. It feels like filler, because it goes on quite a while. And definitely, her, IM- the actress's IMDb ha- is a picture from way back when she was, like, maybe in her 20s or 30s or whatever. This lady looks may I'd say maybe in her 50s. Late 50s. I mean, if grandfather Stratton's supposed to be, like, in his 80s. Because it- The synopsis says he falls in love with a much younger lady. And I was saying, when I think younger, I think, like, oh, she's, like, in her 30s or her 40s. Like, a good, like, 40, 30-year age difference between the two of them. gotta ask, is this lady famous or something? Because they, through the majority of the song, they keep, like, on a close-up of her face, like, in, in shadow and every, you know... And it's, like, front and center. I'm just like, is she someone we're supposed to know? Like, has she been a singer for a long time? Kate really loves her voice. It's really just kind of, like, sitting back and just clutching her her necklace and everything. And just kind of swaying. Like, oh, I like this song. It's so beautiful and so romantic. Crying out loud. The song goes on for minutes and minutes. She's singing the entire thing. She must be a singer in real life or something like that because this song just is, it's eaten up so much time. There must not be a whole lot to this episode. Well, grandfather went over and brought her over to the table for her, the family to meet. <laughs>
1: She's oh very good. She's terrific. Yeah, I like that French part, too. <laughs> Whatever she said. Jacqueline, <laughs> this is
5: Edward, my son. Edouard. His wife, Kate. Cat. And my grandson, Richard. Ricky. Ricky. Oh, yeah,
3: the Latin ages.
5: This is Jacqueline, my
2: fiancée.
4: Oh what? Excuse me? Way to drop the bomb there, grandfather. So, I'm guessing that he brought her over, he met her while he's in France, brought her back to the U.S. He now owns this nightclub, like, hey, maybe he met her when she was singing at an opera house or something. So, hey, you have talent, They, they got along, they went out, they ate, they, like, hey, I love you so much, come to you. America with me, and I'll get you, I own a nightclub, I will set you up, you can be a lounge singer, so, he, (laughs) it's so funny when he introduces the family, and then, um, cause she's got an accent, but when he says my grandson Richard, and she says, Ricky, and I'm like, Nice throwback. We have not heard him called that since, what, season two? Maybe season three? I think they dropped Ricky at the, around the end of season two. They dropped that and they went to Rick. Or maybe they carried halfway through season three and then they dropped it and just went to Rick. Because he's older. He's not a little boy. He's not a 12-year-old boy anymore. He's like almost 17 years old. So I can see why he'd want to go by Rick. It's kind of cute being. This is the last season, and we're like a couple episodes away from the series finale. Like they brought that back. Um, yeah, grandfather drops a bomb of news on the family. Like I'd like you to meet my fiance. Why is it whenever I say that it makes me think of Rose in that scene with Cal before he like slams that table across. The ship there. She's like, I'm your fiance, <laughs> and then he screams at her. All right, looks like uh, Kate and Edward are dressed up waiting for Jacqu- Jacqueline and your Jacqueline, Jacqueline and. Grandfather to show up. Kate's got hors d'oeuvres. She's got glasses set up on the co- That is a beautiful coffee table. Remember, season one, or no, season two and three, when they just had like that metal, like serving tray looking thing that just looked like just really gaudy looking. I like this one here, but I surely would not be walking around the edges of that coffee table because it's made of glass. And I bet, even though those edges, I'm sure, are rounded off and, you know, sanded so it's not like... But it's still a glass coffee table. You throw something under that coffee table, it's gonna shatter. Not that someone's gonna do that, but it makes me nervous. Can you imagine bumping your knee on the edge of that glass coffee table, that's a trip to the ER. Maybe. And you're probably asking me, well, who's walking so close to the edge of that corners of the coffee table that they're going to bump their knee? Guys, it happens, okay? It happens. Anybody who, who isn't even a klutz, can, that can happen. Alright, let's see is uh I wanna I wanna know more about grandfather and Jacqueline 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 I can't mm. Anyway, I wanna know more about like how they met in France, how he brought her over to the US, what's their living situation like? Are they living together? Is he putting her up in a hotel? Has he got a villa for her somewhere in the what, what's the setch there, Gramps, Grandpa Stratton? Tell me, Grandfather. I want to know.
1: Your father to keep us waiting. Yeah, they're not here soon. Jacqueline will be late for her show.
5: I really don't like any of this.
1: Well, not even my clam balls? <laughs> Ew.
5: <laughs> Honey, not your hors d'oeuvres. This Jacqueline and my father business. I think it's ridiculous.
1: Well, he's in love. Didn't you see the gleam in his eyes?
5: I saw the gleam in her eyes
1: Ooh, I he think thinks... she's
5: after his money
1: yeah well, how can you say that
5: easy honey there are women
1: like that all over the world
5: and most of them have French accents
1: <laughs> Did he in France? stop that I mean that's ridiculous I mean, Jacqueline seems like a very nice person I think she's adorable
5: yeah, I'd be adorable too if somebody bought me a nightclub <laughs>
1: Ricky, you're not even dressed yet. Why are you calling oh, him Kate, Ricky? If
6: it's all right with you, I'll just spend the night in my room, okay? No luck with Chrissy? Well, I just spoke to her on the phone. So she talked to you. Yeah. She said don't call anymore. What's her deal
0: anyway? Oh, I'll get it. Oh, America the doors open by themselves <laughs> <laughs>
3: how
0: are you cat
5: oh I'm Kat, Kat. You. Uh, it's kate
0: Kat. i like cat nice to see you again Edouard.
5: yes Edouard. nice to see you
0: ricky <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> don't how are you ricky all right i guess excuse me he's not feeling well oh
5: he'll be fine yeah,
4: he's, please. Mm. he's a teenager
5: so, uh, drama, drama. where is my father?
0: Eddie had to go to a business meeting. He will join us later.
5: Well, while we wait for Eddie, is there anything you'd like to know about him? His habits, his quirks, his bad investments?
0: <laughs> so, uh, how are you enjoying your singing engagement? Not as much as my real engagement. <laughs> ah, he's such a cute man. He never stops making jokes. My father... So many people his age are uh, what you call grouchos. <laughs> Grouches. That's what I say, grouchos. Uh,
5: Jacqueline, uh, may I call you Jacqueline? Of
0: course. It's my only name. Oh, you don't have a last name. I used to, but I dropped it a long time ago. But don't worry, I will soon have a new one. Yeah.
5: <laughs> That's uh, that's uh, kind of what I wanted to talk to you about.
1: Uh, will you excuse me, Jacqueline? I'll see how the petit fours are doing. Petite.
0: I like your wife. The men in your family marry very well. Well. Uh... So, Edouard, what are you so afraid about?
5: Afraid? I'm not afraid. right.
0: Oh, Edouard.
5: All right, I'm a little worried. Uh, Jacqueline, see, my father isn't exactly a kid.
3: He's a girl. who is
5: <laughs> Well, he's been alone a long time. Well, he's kind of set in his ways.
0: But he's so charming, so débonnaire, such a bon vivant. He reminds me a lot of my father, only older. <laughs> That's what I mean. You should see him stomping the grapes, making the wine. My father? No, mine. (laughs) You see, Edouard, I really believe that men take many more years to mature, to ripen, to become, how do you say that in America? Juicy.
5: I don't think I want to hear about this. (laughs) Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Look, Jacqueline, uh, what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to love... Oh,
0: come on. I make a bet you know all about love. Hein, huh, Edouard? <laughs> Even if you are a little young. Yeah, well, well, I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like father, like son. the he's on
3: here.
0: You mean in the pants?
5: No, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. In the, in the, in the, in the, genes in, in the, you know, passed down from generation to generation.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And Ricky will get it from you. Yeah, probably.
5: Yeah. yeah. But Ricky's having a little problem with his girlfriend right now.
0: Oh, so that's why he was so down in the face? Yeah, it's just the lover's spat. Well, if she spat at him, it must be serious. No, no, she didn't actually... Where is he? He's in his room. I go to talk to him. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Yeah, but I I didn't say
4: what I wanted to say. (laughs) So here Edward is. He's a grown man and trying to interfere in his father's relationship. You know, he's telling Kate, I really don't like this. You know, my father's... So Edward kind of chucks us all up to being ridiculous. Kate says, well, your father is in love. Didn't you see the gleam in his eye? And Edward turns to her and says, yeah, well, I saw the gleam in her eye. He's basically calling Jacqueline, Jacqueline like a money-grubbing gold digger. Are you telling me that you don't think your father would have her sign a prenup if he decided to marry her? I mean, your father may be older, you know, in his 80s, but he's still got his faculties about him. He can still make... He's making decisions every day when it comes to his business. Yeah, Edward is just making assumptions. I think she's after his money. It's like, first of all, your father is a grown man, and you, you know, and and he's a big boy. He can handle his own, does not need his 43-year-old son To step in and make problems. And that's exactly what Edward is doing. I mean, we'll get to their conversation because Kate excuses herself. And I love how... Well, one thing... I mean, I'm kind of... Open the air, about. okay. When she walked in the door... She was taking in her surroundings, like, looking at stuff. So, I could be on the fence towards what Edward's thinking, and I'm also on the other side of the fence thinking, hmm, maybe this is genuine. She actually does care for Edward's father. And it irritates me how he's correcting her like, referring, calling Kate Cat, and calling him Eduardo, or Eduard, and calling Rick, Ricky. Like, you don't do that to someone. You don't correct their language. Okay, this is really... I don't like this. He's like, there are women like that all over the world. All money-grubbing gold diggers. And then the line he says, and most of them are French. Excuse me, sir? Why are you assuming one whole populace of a country is all exactly the same? You know, the women there are all exactly the same. Come on. Where are you getting your info? It's 1987. He has no examples of her doing anything anything of the sort of gold digging. The only thing I just mentioned was her looking around at how large the their place is when she walks in the door. But anyone who's not been there, I've never been there because it's not real, it's a set. But everyone kind of comes in with the, they're looking around at how big and open... The spaces they're basically taking their, in their surroundings. I like what Kate is saying. Like I like Jacqueline. I think she's adorable. She's so sweet. And Edward is just like, well, I'd be adorable too if someone bought me a nightclub. Like, ugh, dude, let your father handle it if it's a problem and he suspects. They'll end the relationship, but it's not your business to get into. The, oh what is with this Ricky business? It has been a while since he's been called Ricky. As far as Kate calling him Ricky, she hasn't called him that since like season 2. At least maybe season 3. I don't know, but it just it feels weird because he's older and the fact that Kate is calling him Ricky. Rick comes in from the kitchen into the living room and he looks agitated. He tried to call Chrissy. She wouldn't listen to him, and she basically told him, do not call me again. So, she's not giving him an explanation as to why they're not together anymore. I'd be like, honestly, if it were me, I'd be like, fine, if you don't want this to work, then you can't force a relationship on somebody that clearly doesn't want it anymore. She's not going to give you an explanation as to why what you did or where things went wrong. She assumes you should already know. And if she's she's playing games. She's being full on manipulative. She's just the game playing, The teenage drama. Come on now. Setting a bad example for girl teenage girls everywhere with your teen drama. So my assumption is this. I'm just going to go way out on a ledge here. Way out on a limb. Okay. I think he's going to put on that beret and she is just going to fall head over heels. Like, forget what I said. Give me my ring back. Let me put put it on my finger. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of teenage drama, Kate's like, you're not even dressed yet. He's like, oh, well, if it's okay with you, Kate, I just want to stay in my room with the light off, staring at the ceiling in the dark and thinking about all the ways I did Chrissy wrong. All right, so Rick goes upstairs, and Kate opens the door with the door opener, and it's Jacqueline, blah, 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 blah. Jacqueline, and Grandfather is not there with her. I guess she says he has, like, a meeting that he's kind of wrapping up right now, and he'll be along later on. He has got <laughs> this, it looks like blue leather, like a blue leather, like, um, Suit with uh, a blue leather skirt and a matching blue leather handbag. But it's the shoulders! I know 80s was all about the shoulder pads, but she looks like a freaking football player. <laughs> she does! <laughs> with those big old shoulder pads. Oi! She does look a little different instead of being you know, up with a spotlight on her in a black cocktail dress. She does look like a regular person here. Hey, all I heard her say is America. I could not, unfortunately, hear what she had said after that. Sounds like the doms of something themselves. Maybe it's something like the somethings have outdone themselves, the domestic, I I don't know. I can't. Yeah. And Rick, of course, I thought he was going upstairs, but he, I guess, <laughs> they opened the door before Rick had a chance to escape to his room and sit in the dark and cry over Chrissy. And, oh, she does the air kisses. Like, oh, how are you, Kat? And Edward, oh, he is really rubbing me the wrong way right now. He's like, oh, it's Kate. Um, excuse me, are you Kate? Did you ask to have Jacqueline call you Kate instead of cat? Kat? Then back off. He's already setting an, uh, an irritable tone. I just, I get it that he's all like, I gotta protect my father from this gold digging French woman. But, uh, he just—he's forty three years old. Come on, I mean, his age is—he's acting like a a child. This is like. If a twenty or if a let's just let's turn the tables. Let's say or let's no. Let's say a bigger argument would be (laughs) if your if your father was engaged to a twenty-five year old, (laughs) someone who's like sixty years younger. Then you can quabble about gold digging But I checked on IMDB She actually does have <clears throat> A lot of soundtrack credits She what The actress was born In France She's been working since the 40s And I looked it up I did the math on my calculator on my phone She is in 1987 In this episode she is 59 And that's right around where I would have put her Like late 50s early 60s She calls him Edouard Oh, she does, she doesn't do the air kisses on the cheek, she does the actual kisses on, you know, each cheek. Oh, and she goes, I'm Ricky. And I love how she, like, takes his face in her hands. Oh, I love this woman. She's so sweet. So she asks how he is. He's like, all right, I guess, excuse me. i would like, rude. Your teen drama can wait. I mean, this woman may or may not be your future grandmother. Wait, I don't know. Like I said, I've never seen this episode. She might be. She might not be. Or it might be right in his findings. Who knows? I like how concerned Jacqueline is. Like, oh, he's not feeling well? And Edward's like, nah, 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 she's fine. Or he, he'll he be, don't worry about it. He, He's a teenager. He's high drama all the time. <laughs> he's a drama queen. <laughs> so let's go over to the couch and, uh, Let's socialize. He, Edward, is really peeving me off. I don't like how he, it's like he's making fun of her accent. And I looked. She was born in France. She has an accent. That accent is real. But it's irritating me. It's like, to her, to him, she's like a thorn in his side. I get he thinks he's trying to be protective of his father, but your dad. Ed, your dad can take care of himself, man. Back off this lady. It, it irritates me. He's, just, he's being so rude. Making fun of her. <laughs> <sighs> so, he's not being shy about getting to the point of what he's trying to, information he's trying to get from her. Like, oh, you want to know anything about him? His quirks, his habits, his bad investments. I'm surprised that Kate doesn't jump in there and say, Edward, you need to knock this off. I mean, if I were Kate, I would be embarrassed by Edward's behavior. So Kate, luckily, easy enough, change the subject to Jacqueline. Like, how are you liking your singing engagement? And <laughs> Jacqueline says, not as much as my real engagement. <laughs> She's really liking that. She goes on to talk about how Grandfather Stratton, you know, he's such a cute man, and he's always making jokes. And just like, my father makes jokes? Yes, he does. He makes jokes. But, of course, you wouldn't find them funny because, well, you're you. So, she likes the fact that Grandfather Stratton can really kind of you know cut up with the jokes and stuff like that which is because she says most men his age like 70s 80s you're, they're really set in their ways they're really grouchy they're just not they're you know it's turn off which i can imagine no one wants to be around a sourpuss so edward's like jacqueline can i call you jacqueline and she's like of course that's my only name and kate is like oh what you don't have a last name Oh, she says, Oh, um, I dropped it quite a long time ago because she probably went by Jacqueline as, you know, a singer. And drop she I'm sure she knows her last name. But she says, Oh, don't worry, Kate, soon I'll have a new one. Aww. And Edward is like, Oh, well that's kind of what I want to talk to you about and Kate is like, Okay, I'm gonna go <laughs> into the kitchen and make something or get myself some coffee <laughs> just Not be here right now. <laughs> so when Kate leaves, Jacqueline says, I like your wife. The men in your fam- family uh, marry very well. So yeah, she doesn't mince well. She's not being rude. She, I like how she kind of slaps him on the knee, like, all right, let's, it's human cat. Let's hang. She's like, So what are you so afraid about? She can sense, I mean, his questioning is like, I see where you're headed with these questions. What's what's your deal here? What's your, what's going on? Like, clearly something's up with you to be asking these type of questions. She's not offended by it at all, I mean. And I like how she's, th- he's like, I'm not afraid. I like how she th- shakes her finger at him, like, oh, Edward. <laughs> she has a way with people, I really like it. She's just warm and inviting, and I just love how she and Kate was just just hanging on the couch, just chatting like old friends. I like people like that that you can just you can just get comfortable, and you can just, you can talk and talk and talk, and not realize like hours have gone by. You are just chatting about whatever. I love people like that. I love people like that. I honestly wish I knew more people like that. So, I get where he's coming from, saying my father is not a kid. He's been alone a long time. And I honestly think this is coming from a point of him thinking his father is very vulnerable and easily to be taken advantage of. I don't believe that in the slightest. That man is a bulldog, and he will eat you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He... You, the stories we've heard over like Five seasons Of him demolishing companies And taking ownership and building an empire Does that look like Somebody and he's still doing that When he's in his 80s Does that look like someone who's vulnerable enough To let themselves be taken advantage of Just for love Heck no So Edward keeps going on about how his father is set in his ways and she's like Oh but he's so charming and debonair Like, Edward, you're just looking at the version of your father that he lets you see. And Jacqueline sees this other side of him that's sweet and romantic and funny and knows how to sweep a girl off her feet. I don't, I just, I don't get how he sees his father as this vulnerable elderly man who's feeble and can't take care of himself. This is interesting. Um, She says, he reminds me a lot of my father, but a little older. So, um... I know that this... Just, I've heard of daddy complexes with ladies and wanting to be around guys that remind them of their father. I don't know. I just... There's nothing wrong in admiring, you know, your father. Like, I hope that I meet a man one day who's as sweet and caring and hardworking as my father is. And that's honestly, or even like, you know, guys, like, I hope one day, you know, I meet someone as caring and and warm hearted and strong and compassionate as, you know, my mother. It's like, there's, that's not a, a daddy or a mommy complex. That's... You're looking for someone with particular qualities that would make a good, you know, spouse and mate and lifelong partner. But She's talking about, well, her father. And Edward thinks she's talking about his father, you know, stomping grapes and making wine. And Edward's like, my father? And she's like, no, my father. I I honestly bet anything if she thought, hey, you know, Eddie Stratton the second. Let's take our socks and shoes off. Let's jump in this barrel of grapes and make wine. I... <laughs> this always makes me think of that Lucy episode with the <laughs> being in the, that wooden barrel and she's like stomping on those grapes. <laughs> so... She kind of likens how men take time to mature and ripen over time with age and everything. And she says something about how, what do you say in America to, you know, like juicy or something. And he's like, I don't know, if I want to hear this. She's using these metaphors of stomping grapes to and ripened and aged wine to define, you know, Edward's father's like maybe some hard edges she's had to soften over time or something. I don't know how long they've been together. And Edward stands up. He's like, "I don't know what I want to hear about that. Oh my God. And he brings up love and she's like, "I bet you know all about love." He says, "Even if you are a little a little young, and I'm thinking, part of you wonders, is she like flirting with him? Uh, maybe not. maybe not. She's a charmer. She's a charmer. And she says, like father, like son. (laughs) He's like, oh, I guess it's all in the genes. And she's looking at him. And she's like, she says, you mean in the pants? And he covers himself. It's like, dude, chill out. He means like genes, as in like he's pointing to his arm, like DNA. Like passed down from one to the next. And she understands, like, yes, and Ricky will get that from you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, maybe he will. I mean, right now he's having a problem with his girlfriend. Why are you bringing this up? This isn't your business. Yeah, I'm sure he's like, yeah, dad, sure. Talk about my girl problems with this woman we just met the night before. Her expression here is like, oh, so that was why you were so down in the face. I I love, I like that expression for sad. Like, oh, down in the face, like you're sad. Oh, he re- refers to it as a lover's spat. They're teenagers. They're not lovers. <laughs> she, why do I get a. She says, oh, if he. She must have. Sp- if she spat at him, it must be serious. Like, uh, no, that's just an expression. So she gets up. She's, oh, where is he? I'll go talk to him. You don't go anywhere. I will be right back. And Edward calls for Kate. Are we going to see this exchange between Jacqueline and Rick? I'm curious.
5: Yeah, but I, I didn't say what I wanted to say.
4: You said more than enough. You need to, like, reel it back, buddy. Honey!
1: Where's Jacqueline?
5: Upstairs with Rick.
1: Those French
0: women are really something.
1: <laughs> okay, come on.
0: But, Ricky, you have to realize the woman likes to feel special. Jacqueline she's not a woman I mean, she's 16 she is a woman we are all women from the time we start to walk we are women well she does walk like a woman <laughs> let me tell you a little story Ricky when I was your age I was madly in love with a young man he even looked like you except that his eyes were brown his hair was black and he was only this tall <laughs> A spitting image, huh? So much spitting in this country. <laughs> anyway, one day you stopped talking to me. Just like Chrissy did. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when I discovered that in matters of the heart, you must not be afraid to make a fool of yourself. Oh, I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> a sense of humor, women like that. But what they really like. Nice. It's a man who's not afraid to reach into his heart, to tear it out, and to throw it at her feet. <laughs> now
6: they sure want a lot.
0: That's just the beginning. Now, if you want to get Chrissy back, this is what you must do. Wait, wait, let me get a piece of paper. Get a notebook. <laughs> get a notebook? <laughs>
4: So Kate comes out and is like, well, where's Jacqueline? And Edward tells her, oh, she's upstairs with Rick. And she's Kate's, like, looking towards the stairs and says, those French women work fast. What? I gotta say, I love the moment between Jacqueline and Rick. She really gives them some great advice about women. How women want to feel special. Also with, you know, guys making grand gestures to, you know, get the, you know, to show that they, they care about a girl and, and stuff like that. Sometimes that's what it takes because she says when she was about Rick's age, she had, there's a guy that kind of looked like Rick. He's shorter, you know, had dark hair and brown eyes or something. And one, you know, they really, really liked each other. And one day they just, he's stopped, he stopped talking to her. And she didn't know why. And yeah, it's all about making grand. But yeah, I'll go more into that. So she starts off by telling him you have to realize that a woman likes to feel special. Rick kind of comes back with, but Jacqueline, she's not a woman. She's 16. And Jacqueline says, we are women from the moment we start to walk. And Rick is like, oh yeah, I like her walk, that's for sure. I love how she puts her hand on his hand, and it's just, it's so sweet. I mean, this just seems like something, like, a grandmother would do with her, her grandchild, like, their teenage grandchild. It's like, gosh, so-and-so isn't calling me. Should I call them, or... This person doesn't want to see me anymore. Should I, like, ask them why? Or what should I do? And it just, it seems like a a grandmotherly grandson moment. Even though she isn't his grandmother yet. Whether or not she even will be. So, Jacqueline says that one day her male friend stopped talking to her. And that's when she figured out, you know, when it comes to matters of the art matters of the heart, it's all about big gestures. And that you must, you know, don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself. Women really like it when men wear their heart on their sleeve and just take their heart and just put it at their feet and just like you're willing to go that extra mile for the person that you care about. And of course Rick makes a joke and she says, ah, sense of humor women like that. And I love the smile that Rick gives. It's just so sweet. And she says, yeah, what women really like are men that are not afraid to rip out their heart and throw it at their feet, at the girl's feet. And Rick just looks at her um, because she's gesturing like, ripping out your heart and throwing it. And it's just like, he's like looking at her in horror like, wow. Women sure ask a lot of guys. Ask a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, they sure want a lot. So she goes and sits down, takes Rick's hand and says, if you want to get Chrissy back here's what you must do. And Rick's like, oh, let me get a pad of paper. Let me get a piece of paper. And she says get a notebook. (laughs) Now we're going to jump downstairs and it looks like Grandfather Stratton has not shown up yet. Like, what's going on? Jacqueline is actually getting really worried, which, and I'm sure Edward and Kate probably are too. Like, where? He should have been here by now. I mean, it's one thing for him to be late, but to be this late?
0: Well, no, I'm starting to worry. Oh, I'm sure he'll be here any moment.
5: Unless, of course, he forgot.
4: Edward. Shut up,
5: Edward. See?
4: Oh, that's got to be him. May I? Oh, of course. Aw. Uh-huh.
0: Sorry I'm late, kids. Aw. <laughs> uh-huh. We were jog? worried.
5: kind of a meeting did you go to? I did not go to a meeting.
0: Eddie, mm. your first lie. I
5: did a little shopping. So that makes it official. Voila.
0: I think I'm going to cry. I told you. C'est absolument incroyable ce qui m'arrive à mon âge. Ça m'empêche, je d'être complètement bouleversé. I feel exactly the same way. <laughs>
1: I
3: think how do
5: you feel about all this Edward well I suppose I should say congratulations when's the big date the sooner the better
0: there is no rush Eddie
5: she's right you know there's no rush what are you talking about I'm 83 there's a rush
0: <laughs>
5: now where is my grandson he's visiting a girlfriend Chaché la femme, huh? Mm-hmm, like grandfather, like grandson. What is that supposed to mean? You know exactly what that is supposed to
1: mean. Uh, Jacqueline, would you like to get some fresh air out on the terrace? With pleasure. Uh, what is the French word for terrace? Terrace. Terrace.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Edward, is something troubling you? you think Jacqueline is too young for me no you think I'm too old for her no you think she's after me for my money yes (laughs) well you're wrong Jacqueline happens to have all the money she needs she also owns a nightclub in Paris she does Edward Let me remind you of something. When you and Kate decided to get married, I was against it. Well, that's right, but we went ahead and got married anyway. And how did that marriage work out?
0: Great, perfect. I risked my case. (laughs) I have a terrace like this in Paris.
4: So, yeah, downstairs, Jacqueline says, I'm really starting to worry and Kate says, I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. He'll be along quickly. And Edward, of course, being the jerk that he is, right? Well, that he is in this episode. is like, oh, or unless he forgot. <sighs> so Kate goes to use the door opener, but Jacqueline asks, can, can I, may I? And she opens it, and Grandfather Stratton, he's wearing his beret, and he's wearing a burgundy, like, kind of jogging suit and of course he tells Jacqueline that he was not at a meeting he had something more important to do and he pulls out a ring and <laughs> she starts crying as he puts it on her finger and it's just such a sweet sweet moment and even Kate's getting cheer uh, you know choked up and wanting to cry you know, Oh, <laughs> and, of course, Grandfather Stratton goes over, you know, after he and Jacqueline, you know, kiss each other on their cheeks. He he goes over to Kate and does the same thing to her. And, of course, he goes over to Edward and Edward kind of backs away, but Grandfather puts out his hand and Edward shakes it. Oh, he, he takes Edward's hand and pulls him in and kisses him on both cheeks. Well... I mean, this is the last episode that we have John Houseman. We, this is the last time we will ever see Grandfather Stratton. I love how Joel Higgins just kind of looks at him and just kind of smiles. I mean, I kind of figured maybe they thought, you know, this is his last episode. John Houseman's. He <laughs> says, what kind of a meeting did you go to? This is where he says I, that he didn't go to a meeting. It's like, oh, you didn't. Your first lie. And he's like, no, I did a little shopping. And he pulls out a ring. Yes, he gave her an engagement ring. He says, so this way it makes it official. Oh. She's really getting broken up about it. Because <laughs> she starts, you know, speaking French. And I, Kate puts a hand to her chest. She got the exact same way. So, of course, Grandfather wants to know what Edward feels. Like, how do you feel about all this? And he's, just, he's being a jerk. He's Well, I guess I should say congratulations. <laughs> When's the big day? And Grandfather says, the sooner the better. And Jacqueline, it, it's almost like Edward's trying to confirm his suspicions by Jacqueline's you know, expression, and she looks at, you know, and she calls him Eddie, and she's like, there's no rush! And Edward says, see, there's no rush. And, of course, grandfather says, I'm 83, of course there's a rush. What are you talking about? I'm 83, there's a rush! (laughs) So, of course, grandfather wants to know where Rick is, and Edward says, well, he's visiting a girlfriend. And Edward's says, like, grandfather-like grandson. What? What are you talking- What is his deal? Honestly, is it just about the fact he thinks that Jacqueline is just all about wanting grandfather's money? Or is it the idea of him possibly having a stepmother or just, like, why do I, I get the feeling that it's one of the we get to the root of it it's like I don't want her to replace mom you know I I mean even though he was young when her, his mother passed part of me get, is like it runs deeper than just him thinking Jacqueline is a gold digger because turns out uh, Kate asks Jacqueline if she wants to go out on the terrace to give you know the father and son some time to talk to each other because there's clearly an issue here Edward has and he needs to get it out why in the holy heck is because grandfather's like what is that supposed to mean as far as like grandfather like grandson and Edward says you know exactly what that's supposed to mean no, well explain it to me because I don't know what is the deal here What's wrong with Chrissy? I mean, she's not after uh, Rick for his money. Come on. Why are you comparing the two? They're two totally different relationships and two totally different situations. I want to know what his beef is. It's more than just the surface level. So, when the ladies depart, Grandfather says, is something troubling you, Edward? And Edward's like, troubling me? Why? What? No. And, of course, Grandfather thinks, oh, is it because Jacqueline, do you think she's too young for me? Do you think I'm too old for her? And we hit the nail on the head here as he says, do you think she's after me for my money? And we're just like, yes. And Grandfather says, she has more money than she really knows what to do with. She's comfortable, she's fine, she has a nightclub in paris like she doesn't she's not marrying me for my money she's set just on her own she's fine he's yeah he says jacqueline has all the money she needs and she owns a nightclub wow that's pretty cool a nightclub in paris is probably where she does a lot of her singing edward sits down like what she does well what did you see this is why you don't make assumptions about people edward So, Grandfather tells Edward that when Kate and Edward decided to get married, he was against it. And Edward's like, yeah, that's right, you were against it, but we went ahead and got married anyway. And Grandfather says, and how did that work out? Edward tells him, well, it worked out great. And it's like, I mean, after three years, they're still together, so. And (laughs) I love how Grandfather says, I rest my case. So let's see how the ladies are doing out on the terrace.
0: I have a terrace like this in Paris. Mm. It overlooks a duck pond. <laughs> I envy you French so much. You have no duck in America? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean,
1: um, you're so worldly about affairs of the heart, and when it comes to
0: romance you seem to have all the answers. Oh uh, yes, next to perfume it is our biggest export. <laughs> 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 I understand you had a, a nice talk with Rick A very nice talk, yes He's so in love He wants to die this is not life, wonderful
4: <laughs> hey, Kate Would you come in here, please? Uh-oh Oh, they're doing a toast <gasps> What's wrong?
5: Who do you think is going to be my best man?
3: Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
5: So, will you join us in a glass of champagne? Will there be enough
0: room?
3: <laughs>
0: Eddie, do you think we will be as happy as they are?
5: Happier, no matter what it
0: costs. <laughs>
5: ah, and to Jacqueline, welcome to the family. Ah, oh, yes. Aww.
0: Merci, Edouard. Hey, what's the special occasion?
5: Oh, we're
1: just celebrating a bit.
0: Lick. Oh,
1: Sockley les bleus. <laughs> Did everything work out with you and Chrissy?
6: No. You did not use my plan? Yes. On our best friend Jody, who was over visiting. <laughs> I'm in love again. <laughs> l'amour, toujours l'amour. Oh.
4: <laughs> so, yeah, Kate and... Jacqueline are just talking out on the terrace and Kate's telling Jacqueline how she admires her for being so worldly and just romantic and everything like that and just saying, oh, your taco with Rick must have went really, really great. And it's like, yeah, he is such a romantic. He's he's so in love. Like, he's ready to die for this girl. (laughs) So they're, of course, interrupted by grandfather who calls them back in as edward is you know topping off the champagne cl- uh, flutes there for a toast and i love that scene with grandfather and edward he's got his arms slung around his son and says guess who's gonna be my best man and I love how Everett points at himself. he's like, ah! See, this is what I wanted. You know, this is his final episode. John Houseman's And it just, I like that. It's just, oh, it's so great. I mean, we don't get to see the wedding. We don't know if he's gonna, like, maybe split his time between America and France. Or if he's going to live in France, per- you know, permanently. And then just do his business from there somehow. I don't know. I don't know. But Rick comes over and he's like, oh, what are we celebrating? And Jacqueline holds out her hand. And I love how Rick's like, merci beaucoup or something like that. No, "Sacré uh, soccer blue or something. And he uh, you know kisses her hand. And I love Edward saying to Jacqueline, welcome to the family. And I love when Jacqueline is hugging Grandfather Stratton, looking at Kate and Everett, saying, Eddie, do you think we could be as happy as they are? And he looks at everton and Kate and says, Happier. <laughs> we can be happier. No matter what it costs. <laughs> so it turns out, um, Rick used the plan that Jacqueline gave him for Chrissy's friend who was visiting. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And that's pretty much how the episode ends. Oh, I just, I love this so, so, so much. Oh, I love this so much. It's so sweet. Uh even though I'm like over, you know, the f- over the of, ah, another John, another grandfather Strand episode. The Barbarians honestly was the worst one. I ugh, I rated that like lesser than Mr. President. So this one, I think I want to. I want to give it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. The whole thing with Ricky and Chr- Chrissy was just like, girl, I know you're all about your teen drama and whatnot, but come on. At least give the guy a hint as to what he did wrong. But whatever. Um, but the, yeah, four, four out of five trains. Silver Spoonful for this episode. I'm gonna say if a girl's gonna play head games with you or vice versa if it's a guy, drop them. Drop them. You're gonna be playing the mind games, the come on. I mean, if you're teenagers. It's like, no one's got time for mind games and head games. And for Grandfather Stratton and Jacqueline, I wish you know, fictional characters all the love and happiness. So, alright, let's move on to Educating Rick. Joel Higgins directed, directorial debut and only directed episode and only thing he ever directed so at least according to IMDb so alright I'm, I'm excited I, I kind of I mean you get different directors of episodes but when it's a cast member directing it's really kind of interesting to see how this is going to play out because it seems like sometimes everyone's got their own little flair or touch that they add to an episode
6: sure looks beautiful huh but look at the color of that water <laughs> Look at that beach. Look at those bikinis. (laughs) What a great college. I I can just picture us lying on the beach all semester long. Yeah, I look so good with a tan. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Alfonso, are you sure you can't go to a college with us? Yeah, I wish I could. My Uncle Dexter says it's Harvard or nothing. Bummer. All you can get there is a good education. Well, all this fun in the sun is kind of making me thirsty. I'm going to get us some Cokes. Hey, you want anything, Fonz? How about a new uncle? (laughs)
5: hey bud how goes the college search you making any decisions
6: well we narrowed it down to hawaii miami
5: (laughs) you know rick you might want to consider a college that has a little more to offer than luau's and surfing
6: dad wait a minute all through high school you told me to get good grades that way i go into college and have fun well yeah there's nothing wrong with having fun (laughs) good and besides dad didn't you tell me i could pick my own college well yeah
5: but that's when i thought you were gonna pick whitley College. oh
6: dad not this again Whitley is the dullest school on the east coast it's an all-male college what's the matter with an all-male college did you go to one
3: come on Edward
5: it's a fine school Rick now I'm not asking you to sign up without checking it out come on they're having an open house next weekend you can go up there for a couple of days look the place over no thanks dad Rick if you go to Whitley you're gonna be better prepared for your future um... You'll make friends you'll have the rest of your life.
6: You don't know that.
5: You'll be better able to take advantage of your full potential. We'll <sighs> mm-hmm. and... be driving around campus in this?
4: You are bribing him to go to that college by offering him a convertible? Are you kidding?
5: you get into whitley you get into this
4: oh come on edward that's a cheap shot
6: well you know you know dad i've always wanted to realize my full potential (laughs) guys you're getting smarter already aren't you yeah oh yeah dad let me have that brochure on whitley oh sure i'm just gonna show it to brad
5: oh of course yeah Yeah. i understand and rick remember i
4: cannot believe him All right, so we come out of the intro and Brad and Rick are on the couch flipping through. They're basically all three of them, Brad, Rick, and Alfonso, looking at colleges that are based in Miami, Florida, and also Hawaii. And all they really care about is just spending the whole semester lying on the beach, checking out the girl action. None of them's really thinking too much about the courses they think that they're going to want to take and everything. So Brad's like, hey, I love... Well, actually, it turns out, because Rick says, hey, Alfonso, don't you think you could go to some of the colleges that Brad and I might pick? Alfonso says, no, Dexter pretty much, Uncle Dexter has my future all planned out. He said it's Harvard or nothing, which... We haven't since season three when this was brought up with, um, Alfonso's, uh, dyslexia. We haven't had that brought up at all. I'm not saying that because he hasn't that he couldn't go to Harvard, but what are his grades like? Because they want, doesn't Harvard want at least over a 4.0 and, like, all A's from, like, elementary school all the way up through high school? I don't know. I don't know what they're, uh requirements are. But I like how Brad calls Alfonso Fonzie. Like, hey Fonzie you want a drink? So they go into the kitchen Edward comes in with this Whitney or Whitby. I want to make sure I have the right term. Or the right name of this college. Why is he making making a decision right now? He's still 16. He has a full year to go of high school yet. So, Edward comes in. It looks like he's been somewhere. He's taken his jacket off. And he's like, hey, Rick, you make a decision on college yet? On where you want to go? And Rick's holding two brochure, brochures, one, or magazines. One is for Hawaii, the other for Hawaii. So, Edward tells him, you're going to want to check out colleges that have more to offer than just surfing and luos. Like, I can imagine, like, the college you go to can even help you in the future with what job you get, like, but then again, I didn't go to college right after high school and I only took a semester of college. So Rick, of course, brings up the fact that Edward kind of drilled into him, get good grades in high school and then that way you can have fun in college. Like, and he's like, well, you can have fun, but you also have to really buckle down. And if you think about it, You're basically going to a public high school for, what, mostly free, right? You're paying to take classes at a college. So if you mess up, that's money. You're basically flushing down the toilet. And not to mention, Edward's someone who's going to be paying for this college. So, yeah. And Rick keeps bringing up the fact that... He keeps bringing up these times that Edward's told him how... Rick can even pick the college he gets to go to. Whitley College. I don't know if that's a real college. Okay, actually, there is a Whitley College. It is in... It looks like it's in... Australia? Is that right? It's University of Divinity, so it looks like... Is it um, a religious college? And one thing that Rick doesn't really like about it is the fact that it's an all-male college. And the reason that Edward kind of is trying to steer Rick in that direction is because of how this can look. It can really help you in the future when you look for a career. Also, the guys there end up being, like, friends you could have for the rest of your life. And those aren't things that are sellers to Rick. You know, Rick's saying it's a, the dullest college uh, college on the East Coast. It's an all-male college, which I don't know any... I mean, there are some out there that probably... There are probably even all-women colleges, too. Actually, now that I think about I'm remembering Forrest Gump when he said that Jenny went to a college that he couldn't go to. It's basically an all girl college and so, um, cause he like, did you go to, uh, well he's talking to the lady on the bench, like, did you go to a all-girl college or a boys and girls together college? So basically she says, I was co-ed which, I don't didn't think Forrest knew what co-ed was which is basically co-ed's boys and girl college and Edward's like, what's wrong with an all-male college? I'm like did you go to one? Did you go to an all-male college? Why is he pushing him? I I I kind of see, like, hey, this is my son. I want to steer him in the right direction. I and it just seems like he's kind of doing to Rick in a way what his, you know, Edward went his own way and blazed his own path and everything like that. And... It just seems like he's pushing his son like his father probably pushed him. It's like, don't do that to your son. I love the look that Rick gives his dad. Like, yeah, exactly. My point. Would you? It's almost like he's like, yeah, would you go to that? Would you go to that college if you were me? So he's telling Rick, like, hey, I'm not telling you to go here. Just they're having an open house. Go check it out next weekend. So... Yeah, go for a few days, look the place over, and Rick turns like, eh, no thanks. Not interested, Dad. And this irritates me to no end that Edward would stoop this low to basically buy his son into going to this college because you go and get accepted into Whitley, I will give you a Porsche to drive yourself to college. He's basically buying his son, like, choose my way, and I'll give you a. Bu-. Oh my god! So of course that convinces Rick to, you know, check out Whitley. I Suppose I could go and do that. Yeah, and he, Edward, even says if you go to Whitley, you'll be better prepared for your future. Um, because it's probably a rigorous course and, you know, classes and everything that are aimed at what you probably want to do with your life. Which, Rick's 16. He's not thinking of his future career. And, I don't know. You know, like I said, I I don't watch these episodes ahead of time, so I don't know. Does he pick a college? He won't have to go for at least a year. I mean... He'll probably have to take the SATs and stuff like that. But we don't, you know, see him graduate high school. We don't know what college he goes to. We don't know what kind of job he gets in the future. It's all pretty much left to our own imaginations. Love when Everett says, you'll make friends th- or you'll make friends that'll be there for the rest of your life or whatever. I love the look that Rick turns and gives his dad like, oh, Please. That's your selling point and this is prior before Edward shows him the picture of the red Porsche or Porsche. I I hate that name. I call it a Porsche. I will not stoop and call it a Porsche because that is I just don't like it. That's the name of a person. I mean that just grinds me more than Betty Boop's Betty Boop's voice. I can't stand her. I don't know why. I don't know how I came to not stand Betty Boop, but I just do. And the same thing with referring to a Porsche as a Porsche, which probably is the correct term is Porsche. But I mm, just, yeah. Oh, he's also saying you'll be better able to take full advantage of your potential. (sighs) He can't do that any where else at any other college, like it's it's Whitley or Bus here, just like with Alfonso, it's Harvard or nothing. I really don't like how they're putting so much pressure on these boys to since I'm paying for your college, you don't really get a say in where you get to go or even really what you get to do as a future career since I'm paying for it. It's just it seems that that is the attitude that these men are taking with. Well, Edward, you know, Rick is Edward's son and Dexter is Alfonso's uncle. And I'm just like, you're not even his father, Dexter. You're his guardian. We have Kate in the background, folding towels, listening to this conversation. And I can imagine she feels bad for Rick. I mean, he's just hanging his head like, oh, "I really don't want to go to this college and look at it." Oh. He 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 opens up this car magazine, or I don't know, and it just says, "You'll be driving around campus in this." And Rick turns, and his eyes practically bug out of his head. I just, oh, I don't like this about Edward. This is the worst possible side of him. It's always like, choose my way and I'll, I'll give you this. He's buying his son into going to a college he doesn't want to go to. I mean, come on. Okay. Let me ask you this. If your parents said, I know you don't want to go to this college, but it would be really good for you and really help with your future. Okay. I know you don't want to go, but here, just look at this. Oh, look at this car here. You see this car? You see this eighty. 80- $9,000 car, I will buy you this car to drive away from me and go to college if you if you decide this is the college you want to go to. I will give you this car, you do not going to pay me back, just go to this college. Would you do that? Would you go to a, tr- a college you would rather not go to just to get a Porsche or a convertible or whatever? And basically, they're buying your way. How is it any different than saying, I will give you $20,000 to go to this college that you don't want to go to? <sighs> this uh, drives me nuts. And we're towards the end of the show, and we got two episodes left after this. And it's just, he could not sink any lower. I, like, that is a bad dad move. In my eyes, you don't buy your kid into deciding where he wants to go to college. You don't bribe him. I love what he turns and he looks at the picture in the magazine that uh, uh, Edward's, his eyes are literally boing out of his head. And he is a newly licensed driver. You want him driving around in an $89,000 car? I don't know if it was 89087 but I can imagine it's a heap of a chunk of change. Who's paying the insurance on that? That's going to be outrageous. Not only for him being a first-time driver, but for a Porsche. I mean, I know Edward's got money, but good golly. I love that he can just throw money at his son and say, Choose my way. Choose the college I want you to go to. It'll look really great, and I can brag about you to all my friends. Rick is just like you know dad I really always wanted to realize my full potential his eye uh, he's oh my gosh he is like so like point me in the direction of college I'll go right now and Rick <laughs> Edward tells him oh wow you're getting smarter already oh Kate is gonna have a word with him when Rick you know leaves like hey dad can I take that magazine to Brad and show him <laughs> cause he wants to rub that in Brad's face Oh yeah, he wants to take the brochure on Whitley also to Brad. Brad ain't getting into Whitley. Are you nuts? He ain't getting. None of your friends are going to Whitley. Definitely not Brad. <laughs> he is not getting in there.
1: Edward Stratton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Landers, you hey. offered Rick a Porsche to go to Whitley.
5: <laughs> well, honey, yes, you did. That's I, a
1: bribe. It's not a bribe.
5: Yes. It's an inducement. It's it's an incentive. No. Hey, okay, it's a bribe. It's a bribe.
1: <laughs> I thought we agreed to encourage Rick to pick his own school.
5: Yeah, and he was picking schools where the only majors they have are volleyball and chuggalug.
1: You're exaggerating. Well,
5: oh, honey, I don't want him to waste his years at college the way I did. <clears throat> Out every night chasing after women. You <coughs> believe some of the things I did?
1: Um, like what? <laughs>
5: I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, boy, look at that time. I got two. I- <laughs>
4: oh no you don't, you're not gonna <laughs> So the whole reason he's steering Rick in this direction is he doesn't wanna see Rick waste years away at college like he did. You know, he did <laughs> Rick's you know, and even Kate, she you know, sees this what he's doing, buying Rick a car. It's a bribe and everyone's like, Oh no, it's not a bribe, it's just trying to steering him steer him in the right direction and like It's a, it's a bribe. That's exactly what it is. And she even said to Edward, I thought we decided to let him decide where he wants to go. And Edward's like, yeah, I know we did, but the only college he wants to go to or colleges he's looking at are the ones where you would major in volleyball and (laughs) chug-a-lug. Oh, good grief. So, and he's also like, oh, the stuff I got up to in college, whew, I could tell you stories. And she's like, really? Like what? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't remember. And he's like, oh, you know what? I got to go upstairs. And she chases after him. So we got Brad, Rick, and Alfonso coming back into the living room. And Brad's saying, like, I don't want to go to Whitley. I'd rather get a rash.
6: <laughs> I want to go to Whitley College. I'd rather get a rash. You know,
4: Brad, we have to be adult about
6: this. I mean, don't you want to realize your full potential? What? Well, I don't think you're Dan talking. If you guys go to Whitley, you won't be too far from Harvard. He's right, and Harvard has a lot of pretty girls. Yeah, but all of them are smart, and my stuff doesn't work on smart girls. <laughs>
4: so, and Alfonso brings up the fact that Whitley is pretty close to Harvard, and Rick says, yeah, you know, there's a lot of pretty Harvard girls. And Brad's like, yeah, but my stuff won't work on Harvard, girls. Like, uh, that's because, yeah, no, mm, he wouldn't even get past the doors in Harvard, okay? Let's go to Whitley College and see how great it is. <laughs> Looks like Nerd Central. <laughs> Uh, Now, did you you pack a
1: toothbrush? Yes, Kate. Uh, Extra underwear? Why? He's only going to be here for two days. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should get a motel room nearby. Uh, Kate, you can't stay. Do you see any other parents around here?
6: He's right, honey. Let's go. Oh,
1: okay. Well, be careful, Rick.
6: I will, Kate. Nothing is going to happen. You can count on it.
4: (laughs) Everyone dare if Rick. has got glasses on. <laughs> Ew. Bye, Brad. Yeah. Thanks, right, Brad.
5: Well, see you, Dad. See you, son. Now, this is a good college, and I want you to make a good impression, huh? And remember.
6: I can't believe I let you talk me into coming here. This place looks like a breeding ground for nerds. Oh, come on, Brad. This place isn't that bad. They're the
4: only two not wearing glasses. Hi. Isn't this place splendid?
2: (laughs) Gentlemen. Gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Hello. I'm Dean Stockwell, and I'd like to welcome you to Whitley College. I'm sure you're all going to enjoy this special weekend. This is an opportunity for you to look us over... And for us to look you over. <laughs> 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 any questions? Yeah.
6: Yeah, uh, where are all the girls? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is an all-male school.
3: <laughs> yep. However, we
2: do have women attending the all-girls school down the street, Mount St. Ignatius. Are there any other questions? <clears throat> yes
6: Yes. how far down the street
2: about a mile any other questions
4: anyone else
2: yes
4: are
6: any of them worth walking a mile
4: for
2: (laughs) since there doesn't seem to be any other questions i'm going to turn you over to our resident advisor in the dorm Charles Bitten. Oh.
6: <laughs> gentlemen, 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 just, just a few rules for the weekend. I don't like I was a student. First of all, we will all eat together in the campus cafeteria. What is wrong that? Second, the dorms will be locked at precisely 11 p.m. And third, we will have an orientation meeting tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. sharp. Ew. Now, are there any more questions?
4: Yeah. Do you hang a left or a right to get to Mount St. Ignatius? Alright, so it looks like just Brad and Rick are the ones... (laughs) I love how Brad, she's got a duffel bag, but Rick actually has a suitcase, which, not surprised, Kate probably packed everything she thought he would need for over the next three days. And, of course, you know, Edward and Kate are there to say, hey... Be careful. Just you know, enjoy yourself. Edward, of course, is like, "Hey, make a good impression. Check them out. They're going to be checking you out." Kate even suggests that she and Edward get in a hotel nearby. Rick's like, "No, no, no, no. That's that's. You don't have to do that. Okay, I'll be fine. I can, I do this on my own." And Edward and Kate leave, and we s- take a span of the room. Every single male there, because it, there's no ladies, except for Kate, who's left. Every single one of them are wearing glasses, and all of them are either wearing sweater vests, or they're wearing suit jackets and ties, They got like the little uh, pen, pocket pen thing, pen protector, whatever you want to call it, sticking out of the front pocket, and these... I, excuse me, I called it. I said, this is Nerdville. Nothing against that. Nothing against, not saying anything bad. But, wow. um, They are really out of their element. (laughs) Especially when, I'm guessing this is like the dean of admissions or or whatnot. Because he comes out and Brad's the one who's asking questions. Someone else has got questions, but Brad keeps putting his hand up. Like, oh, where are all the ladies? And the guy looks at Brad like, what are you even doing here? How did you even get in the doors? Like, yes, there are women down at, this is an all-male college. Brad, like, looks at Rick, like, basically, he will look on his face like, you didn't tell me that. You lied to me to get me here. You said there'd be ladies. Uh, yeah, they're a mile down the road, and Brad is just like, um... Tell me about these ladies. Are they pretty um, a mile? Are any of them worth going down a mile down the road? And it's just like, oh my gosh, really? (laughs) Of course, we have... And this guy does look like a young, blonde Peter Farsarelli from... Can't hardly wait. Or even if you're going blonde, like think of him as Carlisle from Twilight. It's not him. It's not the actor. But and I just I kept wondering, like, is there something wrong with his, his back? Looks the way he he's like hunched. It's like I don't get it. Is this like a character trait? Like mm, I don't know. <laughs> but also telling the boys. There's going to be an ori- orientation, 7 a.m. sharp tomorrow morning. I suggest you be here if you want to aven- be accepted into this college. Also, lights out. We shut the door. We locked the doors to the building at 11 o'clock. So, I mean, I am looking around like, no, you don't- you're not going to have any problem with these guys. These Brad and Rick, Brad indefinitely, yes, you will have a problem with it. Let's go check out their dorms or where they'll be staying. Or they're probably bunking with people that already go, kids that already go there. Or kids, I mean students. Oh, one of the rules also was they will all eat together in the campus cafeteria. And he says the dorms will be locked at precisely 11 p.m. Orientation at 7 a.m. Well, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to bed at 8. That way I can be up in time for 7 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that's the adult in me, no. <laughs> Even as a kid, oh, I hated getting up so early to catch food. I had to be up at, like, 6.20. My bus came at 6.55. Ugh. Granted, my bedtime was, like, 9, 9.30 all the way through high school. So, yeah. Well, in middle school because my dad had to get up like before 6am to go to work and it's like I don't need you roaming around the house while I'm trying to sleep and getting into you're getting into mischief.
6: So what happened to your friend Rick, he didn't have dinner with us. Um, I I really don't know, he kind of disappeared halfway through the tour of the library.
4: Ooh, Don't tell me he missed the card catalog lecture, (laughs) this is stimulating.
6: So, Rick, why don't you come up to our place to watch a PBS special? No. Gee, guys, I'm kind of bushed, you know? I'm just gonna take a shower and go to bed. Uh, well, okay, we'll tell you about it tomorrow. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Oh, I cannot see it. No Porsches were. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> now I remember.
3: <laughs> oh.
6: what? what? Oh. Come on in, guys. Well, this is it, home sweet home.
3: Whoa.
6: Room looks like. I oh, you mean you've never been here before? Oh, I was under the bleachers once. Nobody, Brad! Really? Woo! you got a towel! Wow. Girls. Told you it was bright. Honey, Sherry, this is Rick. Hi. Hello. Are you nuts, Brad? You know the rules. No women are allowed.
0: Whoa. I think you're cute. Oh, yeah? Ooh, I like your towel.
6: Bonnie and Sherry go to school down the street. Ah, so you girls go to Mount St. Ignatius, huh? No way. They're from LBC. Ah, LBC. What what school is that?
2: Larry's Beauty
6: College. (laughs) (laughs) Larry's Beauty College. Yeah, we get a degree in six easy weeks. (laughs) Yeah, they give me a free shampoo. Smell. I don't want to smell. Hey, we could give you a freebie, too. (laughs) Uh, no, no thanks. Brad, come here. Brad, we're gonna get into trouble. (sighs) Yeah. I just wanna make sure you fellas are... Oh, boy. um, In your dorm room? You guys better have a good explanation for this. Hey, you want a good explanation? Well, you'll get a good explanation. Good.
4: Tell them, Rick. (laughs) Brad, well, you brought those girls there. Uh, while they were on tour looking at the library, Brad snuck off and don't know where he went to. And, of course, Rick's going to his dorm room and he's being followed by these two students that go there. And they're like, hey, why don't you come up to our room later? We're going to watch a PBS special. I'm, ugh. I'm sure they're, 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 really exaggerated. Um, and Rick, of course, in turn is like impersonating them. Well, guys, that sounds well, but you know what? I'm going to hit the hay and bye. <laughs> so they leave and Rick is like, gosh, why am I doing this? He opens his suitcase and the magazine with the picture of the porch is open. He's like, oh yeah, that's why I know why to get this car. He's like, well, I'm going to go shower Cut to the door to the front of the dorm room, pops open. Brad comes in with these this big like rubber made cooler like you would take like on camping to put like sodas or whatever in. And the rain it must be raining because he's got like a rain jacket on with a hood, and it says Whitley, I didn't even read the back. And He's like, hey, come on in, fellas, or guys, and you can't see at first, but it turns out, yeah, they're two ladies, and she's like, wow, we've never been inside Whitley before. I mean, I snuck out of the bleachers once, one of the girls says, and Brad just looks at her like, oh, you did, huh? (laughs) Okay, so it says Whitley Bulldog, so I'm guessing that could be, like, their mascot? Fred shuts the door when the ladies come in. We don't know their ladies, so he pulls their uh, rain jackets off. He's like this is it, home sweet home. And you hear the audience go, "Whoa, boy!" <laughs> Both of them have. Po- I almost said potato bags. They have paper sacks with chips and whatnot. Like they're gonna have a party. Is it just me or is Brad's hair just really longer and out of control? So I know it's 1987, but what's with the slim ties? I mean, Mike Seaver in Growing Pains was always wearing those slim ties. Here comes Rick and wow, 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 wow. He is wearing just a towel and I'm like, wow. (laughs) Well, we got, it's towards the end of the show's run and Rick is now a teenager. He's got to, the show's got to give something to the, the ladies, you know, the teen scene, the girls, the teeny boppers, if you will. Of course, Rick thinks he's alone, so he goes over to grab his clothes that he's going to change into, and then he turns and looks, sees Brad, and a blonde-haired ha- girl in and, and pink and a stra- strawberry blonde-haired girl, kind of reddish-haired girl with a denim shirt with kind of like little um, tassels and kind of a diamond shape type of shirt. I mean, I kind of like fringe or something on her shirt. Rick is just looking at his eyes are literally bugging out of his head. He's like, girls! And Brad's like, hey, I told you he was bright. And Rick looks down like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just wearing a tile- towel. And he runs into the closet and pulls his clothes that are on uh, hangers over him. So the girls' names are Bonnie and Sherry. They don't look like anyone that I've seen before in anything else. And Rick's like, Brad, are you nuts? You know the rules. No women are allowed in here. No girls are allowed in here. Of course, a blonde-haired girl comes over by Brad looking at Rick, or what she can see of him inside that closet. She's like, wow, you're cute. I can't say that you're wrong there. Of course, Rick's like, oh yeah, she comes out. It's like, dude, you're still wearing the towel. And (laughs) the other one's like, I like your towel! It's in a, it's a, (laughs) he closes the door on the closet there like, and Brad tells Rick like, hey, Bonnie and Sherry go to school down the street. And Rick's like, oh yeah, so you girls go to Mount St. Ignatius, huh? And they're like, oh no, they're no way, like we wouldn't go there. Brad says they're from LBC there he picked them up at Larry's beauty college and Rick uh Brad tells Rick like hey smell my head they gave me a free shampoo oh uh Larry's beauty college yes Up school and Rick's like really Larry's beauty college and uh, i can't tell which girl's which the girl in the denim with the uh tassels <laughs> With a fringe on her shirt. It's like, yeah, we get a degree in six easy weeks. Oh, gosh. how Why does that sound like Olympia Career <laughs> Training Institute or Everest? Like, you get your degree in less than a year. He's <sighs> trying to put on his shirt, which is a ghastly canary, or not canary, I think it's like a must- ground mustard yellow. The girl in the pink shirt goes over to Rick and says oh we can give you a freebie too like who wouldn't want their hair washed by somebody cause it is especially I mean they don't give hair washes right now when you get your haircut because of everything going on which really I, I just I loved free sh- well no they're not free I think at Great Clips you pay like four or six dollars to get your hair washed on top that's on top of your thirteen or fourteen dollar haircut but it's worth it. Especially if you get somebody who really like takes their time with your hair. And it's just so soothing and relaxing. And Rick's like, no, 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 thanks. And he pulls Brad aside and says, like, Brad, get over here. And Rick says, Brad, we're going to get into trouble. Of course, trouble must be Brad's middle name. Because he's like, oh, yeah. Of course, door flies open. And it's the Peter Fossarelli looking hall not hall monitor but uh i don't even know what the proper term is like some like dorm dorm person who's checking on the kids to make sure they're not none of these kids are getting into trouble except for you know i'm just wondering they must be the only two that are actually visiting the school i thought those other people oh they're all there okay they don't actually go to that school the other kids i thought they were current uh students that actually went there, but no, they're all there for the tour too. This guy, he's wearing like a red smoking jacket. He's got the glasses on. He's like, I just wanted to make sure you guys were, and he freezes upon sight of the ladies. He's wearing cotton, or not cotton. He's wearing candy cane pajamas and bunny slippers. A grown man wearing bunny slippers. There's nothing wrong with that, but But he looks at the ladies like he's never seen a female in his life. Like they're uh, uh, from outer space or something. Of course, I mean, look at this. You see Rick, who's trying to get his shirt on. He's got his uh, hands and arms through the armholes, but he's still like sans shirt. And anyone walking in like, what is, what's going on here? The guy's like flipping... He's wearing like 1950s black glasses with like the the metal frames on the bottom. It's like, women in your dorm room? He's like, you guys better have a good explanation for this. Is he got a pipe in his hand? What does he think he is? Hugh Hefner? And Brad's like, you want an explanation? You'll get an explanation. He's like, Rick, of course. Brad's going to throw this all on to Rick. I'm sorry, but no Porsche or Porsche is worth this. I mean, Rick's going to be miserable just so he can be driving around in a Porsche. Who's he going to be impressing? None of these kids that go to the school are going to care. Especially if they look like the, the kids that came in today. <laughs> they're, they're like, mm. Um...
6: <laughs> uh, um... Yeah, you see these girls here. We're we're taking orders for Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Girl, Girl Scout cookies. Now, <laughs> ah, come on, fellas. You don't expect me to believe that story, do you? I mean, after all, what do I look like?
4: A weirdo with that pipe in your mouth is what you look like, don't Mr. Bunny it. Slippers.
6: <laughs> all right, look. How about this? Come on, Brad. We've been caught. <clears throat> I mean, look. We're men enough to own up to the truth, aren't we? No. You're right. They're our wives.
4: Oh, baloney. They're not your wives.
6: <laughs> no, no, no. C- c- come on, come on, come on, fellas. You-, you got your chips, you got your dips, you got your cold drinks here. You guys are having a party. Oh, wh- no, 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 no. That's right, and you've got everything here except the music. I'll go get my stereo.
3: Oh, we got a party
4: animal on our
6: hands. Woo! Who would have ever figured him to be a human being? Yeah, really. Hey, you want us to call a girlfriend? Then why stop at one? Okay.
4: Oh, hi,
6: Charles says you're having a Oh my goodness. Lady! What's your name? Uh Spencer? Oh. Well, Spence, the party hasn't started yet. But while we're waiting, I could give you a freebie. Oh my goodness!
4: <laughs> So, the fact that Rick's coming up with an excuse like, oh, they're here to sell Girl Scout cookies. The guy is not buying it. The guy with the candy cane pajamas, the Hugh Hefner red robe, and the dang pipe that he's smoking. Or not, it's all for looks. Like, (laughs) Like, come on. Come, you are no ladies, man. This looks like the first time he's ever seen a woman. Mmm. But, um, Brad is like, no, 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 these are our wives. And it's like, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all. So, Brad's like, come on, you guys are having a party. You got your chips, you got your dip, you got your cold drinks, but you don't have any music. Let me go get my records. And he runs and leaves. And then we have this young man named Spencer coming in. I love how people can just walk into dorm rooms without knocking, but, (laughs) and one of the girls, the girl with the, the fringe on her shirt takes Spencer here and says, I can give you a freebie. I mean, the party hasn't started yet. And of course, I think we all know what freebie means. (laughs) Slang for freebie. She's going to give him a makeover. Get those glasses. Give him contacts. Do something. Cut the hair. Make it look stylish. Alright, let's go find out what's going on with Kate and Edward because we're back at home. Alright, so we're back at home and we got uh, Edward, Dexter, and Kate hanging out enjoying coffee. And Dexter asks, do you think that Rick will like Whitley enough to apply? And Edward's like, well, of course he will. And Kate says, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you like it if... uh, you probably want to go there too if your father bribed you with a new Porsche. And Dexter says you bribed him. At, you asked you bribed him with a Porsche because he says that for Alfonso to go get into Harvard or something, he promised him a Mazda. Yeah, Dexter says. <laughs> I hope that uh, that's terrible. I hope Alfonso doesn't find out because I only promised him a Mazda. And Kate just can't believe it. Like you do realize what you're doing, and Edward kind of throws back with, Honey, he's got to go to college for four years. Why not go to a good one like Whitley? And Kate brings up the fact that Whitley is an all-male college, so it's not exactly the school that Rick would be interested in going to. And Kate, of course, in her head thinks Rick is just miserable, moping, having a lousy time. We cut back, and Rick is slow dancing from the girls from Larry's Beauty College. While... Walk like an Egyptian place, but it's like, Walk Like an Egyptian is not a slow song, and it's just like, why are they slow dancing? I don't think we got more girls from the beauty college because so we got one who's actually uh primping and uh cutting uh, one of the students' hair. Well, they're not students yet, but just kind of heck yeah, good practice, don't mess up their hair. And here we got another one coming in the the door, the room of the, uh, the door of the dorm there. So Rick takes, or not Rick, Brad takes the Whitley Bulldogs rain jacket, tosses it out the window and says, okay, send up another one. The dorm is only so big. <laughs> Rick asks the partygoers, hey, is this music fast for anyone else? And everyone's like, yeah. I'm like, alright. <laughs> oh, I get it. Like, yeah, let's put on a slow song. We got the two girl, original girls, Bonnie and Sherry or whatever their names are on the dorm bed and Rick sits down and of course Edward's calling to see how things are going and both the girls are like making out with Rick's neck and touching his body and and then Kate gets on the phone like oh you really like it there i hope it's not too hard for you and i hope you're having a good time and yeah okay so he yeah he sits down on the bed between the girls and says all right now where were we he puts his arms around both the girls shoulders so he goes to kiss the blonde one and then the phone rings he grabs it and he's like dad and then he's like dad it's like he's not in the room dingus chillax so rick's like dad what a surprise and uh, edward says oh we were just sitting here wondering about how you're doing i thought i'd give you a call so rick's like yeah dad i'm doing just fine and edward asks you think you might get something out of going to that college and the blonde girl's like kissing his neck and everything it's just like uh and he's like oh yeah Dad, without even half trying um oh like he's having a three-way on his bed ugh. and i was like all right that's great here kate wants to say hi I like, oh, just on the phone like i'm busy i gotta go click and kate's like okay hi rick now tell me the truth does it bother you that there aren't any girls around and Rick's looking at either girl. <laughs> I'm like, eh, it's not a problem. And Kate's like, oh, so they're keeping you pretty busy. And Rick's like, yeah, I, I've got my hands full, Kate. <laughs> and she says, well, you do sound tired. You should get right to bed. Click. <laughs> She's like, hello, did you, did you drop the phone? <laughs> like, no, you're hung up on you. And Kate hangs up the phone and says, well, he sounds happy. And Dexter comes over and says, well, I hope that Alfonso's college experiences is as much of a turn on Rick's is Rick's. <laughs> they had to use the word turn on. Uh-huh. So Rick's like, alright, now where were When he goes to kiss the blonde again. Of course there's a knock on the door and it's the Dean. Dean Stockwell's at the door. And the guy, Charles, who was the one in the smoking jacket with the pipe, is like, oh it can't be Dean Stockwell. And Brad, who's at the door, says, well Charles here says it can't be Dean Stockwell. And Dean Stockwell's like, well it is, and I'm coming by for a little visit. I'm like, what? Why do you stop by someone's dorm room? That's gross! Ugh. So, of course, Rick has to get out there and like, uh, hey, how's it going? Did you need something? And the guy's like, oh, Dean Stockman's Stockwell, whatever. <laughs> it's like, well, I want to come in and chat with you. I'm like, Uh, uh, there's a time and a place, and that I'd be like, you know, I'm tired. I'm I'm trying to get some sleep. You know, I got to be up before seven a.m. to get to that orientation. Like you, you know, I want to show you that I can be on time for things. But the guy won't take no for an answer. And Rick goes in there and it's basically Charles giving a talk on life at Whitley, while all the girls are either in the bathroom or they're under the bed. So Rick's trying to play off like, you know, I'm tired, you know, I gotta be up, you know, we walked around your campus all day, and, you know, we gotta be up before 7 to get to that orientation. The guy will not take no for an answer. He's sitting in the chair getting comfy, talking about who built the building, who it's named after, who, who invested in it, and this is, he's basically giving a Whitley 101 history lesson. It's like, you could be doing this any time. Why does it kind of be at, like, 9 o'clock at night? And I would, I mean, I, if I were visiting a college and some dean is like, hey, I want to see how things are doing. Let me come into your dorm room. I'd be like, uh, no, you're not doing that because this smells all kinds of wrong. Oh, Brett, of course, Rick has to get one of the girls' pink purse off the table because, you know, there's not supposed to be girls there, and Brad, like, shuts the window, claiming, Oh, it's so cold! And Dean Stockwell says, Well, it's a good thing you shut that window, because with all that ivy, we've had issues with mice. At mice, the girls, like, run out of there. And, uh, yeah, they're in hot water.
3: So, do you think Rick will like Whitley enough to apply? Of course
1: he will. Wouldn't you if your father bribed you with a brand new Porsche? You bribed him with a Porsche? Well, God. Edward,
5: that's terrible. I hope Alfonso doesn't find out. All I promised him was a Mazda.
1: <laughs> Listen to you two. Do you realize what you're doing? Honey, he's got to go to college for four years. Why not a good one like Whitley? Well, for one thing, it's an all-men's college. I mean, that is not the kind of school for a boy like Rick. I mean, I could just see him up there this weekend, moping around, having a miserable...
4: Uh, uh I, I think, think. he's having wild time. <laughs> he's dancing with both the girls. Oh, the bangles. Okay, the bangles moping oh, in Egyptian is
6: not a school. Just one second. <laughs> hey, guy, come on in here. There you go. Hello, my name is Rick Stratton, and this is everybody. All
3: right, send up
6: another one. Oh my god! Wait, oh wait, is is this music too um you know fast for anyone else? Yeah.
3: yeah. All right.
6: <laughs> now, where?
4: were we oh my god apparently they got his number hey rick dad Dad. he's not in the room hello dad
5: what, what a surprise yeah well we were just sitting around talking about you and kind of wondering how you doing oh oh dad i'm i'm
6: doing just fine
5: so you think you can get anything out of going to that college oh Oh, yeah, Dad, without even
1: having to try and... Oh, my God.
5: Well, good. Here. Now, Kate wants to say... No!
1: You. Hi, Rick. Now, tell me the truth. Does it bother you that there aren't any girls around?
6: Not a bit, Kate.
1: Oh, so they're keeping you pretty busy.
6: Oh, oh sure. I, I've i got my hands full of Kate. Oh, my
1: God. Well, you do sound tired. You better get right to bed. Hello?
4: Yep. Oh.
1: Did you drop the phone? No,
4: you hung
3: up. Oh.
1: All right. Uh, good night, Rick. All right, I did it. He sounded happy.
5: Good. I hope Alfonso's college experience is as much a turn on as Rick's. <laughs>
3: yeah. Where were. We?
5: <laughs> Who is
4: it? Dean Stopwell. Jill. Get out of Get in the bathroom. Oh, it can't
6: be Dean Stockwell. <coughs> Charles says it can't be Dean Stockwell. <laughs> yes,
2: it is. is. just come by for a little visit.
6: Oh, great. Just great. Get him out of there. <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello, <laughs> Well, sir, what, what what, can I do for you?
4: Well,
2: I'd like to come in and have no. a little chat.
4: Why? <laughs>
6: you know my room is such a mess
2: <laughs> Oh, I've seen messes before <laughs>
3: Have
2: you?
6: Not like this one
2: <laughs> well, the whole purpose of this weekend Is for us to get to know one another
6: <laughs> You can take my word for it The faculty will be with you Every step of the way and then in our senior year, you see, things get really exciting. It's just like one exam after another. <clears throat> oh, well, hello there, Dean Stockwell. I was just giving the potential students here a little rundown on academic life here at Whitley College. Excellent. Well, oh, my, my, would you look at that time. I guess I better get going. <laughs> yeah, me too. Ditto. <laughs>
2: Sit down, Richard. Let's talk.
4: Oh come okay. on, This is gonna wake up tomorrow. <clears throat> uh,
6: what, what was
4: that?
2: What was
6: that? Um, I, I I just said, oh, oh, man, I'm bushed. You know, walk around this great big campus of yours. <laughs> oh
2: well, I'm glad you like it. Did you know our campus was designed by Thomas Jefferson?
6: Oh, Really? That is interesting. Rick, isn't that interesting? Well, That's immensely interesting, sir.
2: Oh, yes. The history of this campus is a fascinating story. The original surveying was done by George Washington himself back in 1761. Oh, and the property oh, mm-hmm. had been purchased from the Seneca Indians mm-hmm. for something considerably... <laughs> ...less than today's market prices. <laughs> Now, the campus buildings were erected in 1763, okay? oh, except for this three, Uber, another time. which was built in 18... 18- <laughs> 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 yeah. What was that?
6: Well, it's just so chilly in here, I decided to close the window. Yeah. Oh, good idea. We've
2: been having problems because of open windows.
6: <laughs> oh, do you mean burglars? Oh no 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 no!
2: Nothing like that. There's so much ivy climbing the walls that we've been having problems with mice.
0: Oh no! <laughs> well,
4: you we out. Yeah, we've really had to clean up this mess looks like they're coming home. Let's see how all this turned out. I'm sure Edward is so angry when uh, he found out about Rick's little uh, bringing girls over to his dorm room. Or maybe that gets swept under the rug and Rick's like, yeah, I really don't think I'll go there. Or Edward will, will say something like, you know, maybe it was wrong of me to push you into going to a college you didn't want to go to and offering you a car to sway your, uh, decision. Someone's angry. What happened?
5: What happened? Let him tell you what happened.
4: Rick, what happened?
5: Tell her. Go on, tell her. Kate? I'll tell you what happened. He got kicked out of Whitley College.
1: Good. How could you get kicked out of college before you get in? Tell her. Go on, tell her. How could you get kicked out?
5: Well, I'll tell you how he got kicked out. Okay. He had girls in his dorm room.
1: Oh, no.
5: Oh, yes. He had a golden opportunity to attend one of the best universities in this country, and he blew it. He let Whitley College down. You let us down, you let yourself
1: down. Does this mean I don't get the Porsche? Of course it means you're not getting the Porsche. Uh, Edward, uh... I think you're being unrealistic to expect Rick to spend four years in some monastery.
4: Yeah, that's actually what
1: that is. And Rick, you're being unrealistic thinking you can spend four years in some party school.
5: She's got a point, Rick.
1: But there has got to be a compromise. Now, Rick will pick out a school that offers a good education and offers some occasional fun. Right? Sounds fair.
5: okay okay all right and i'll tell you what you do get yourself into a college that has a more well-rounded curriculum and it's within driving distance yeah you've got yourself a nice used chevy
4: <laughs> a used chevy oh man oh God. Yes, of course, Edward is extremely angry because Rick got himself kicked out of Whitley. And Kate is confused, like, well, (laughs) what do you mean you get yourself kicked out? You don't even go there yet. And (laughs) even though Rick's like, or uh, Edward says, Rick, you tell her what happened. And then Edward goes and explains, well, he got himself kicked out because he had girls in his dorm room. And I kind of like what Kate does here, as in, you know, I think you're being unreasonable, Edward. You're basically setting your son up to go to a monastery for four years. And that's not f- fair to Rick. So I, I like that she's able to let them both agree on Rick finding a school with a good reputation Is far as... You know, his studies and his curriculum, a good, well-rounded school, and also be able to have fun once in a while. And Edward agrees to that, but he's not given Queen. I can't believe Rick even said this with a straight face, or even asked this question. So does that mean I don't give the Porsche? No, he gets a used Chevy, a used, don't even bother getting him a car. He doesn't need a clunker that's gonna break down. What exactly is he driving anyway? Because he does have his license. How many cars does Edward have? I thought he had like two or three or I don't know how many, but I like that Kate is trying to be the mediator in this. Like, you guys gotta kinda give and get. You know, that way Edward, you're getting what you want and Rick going to a good college with a good reputation and Rick is able to Be able to challenge himself, but also be able to have a little fun and unwind once in a while. Yeah, I can't, no, I can't see Edward wanting Rick to drive an unreliable clunker. Oh, he even says, I want you to pick a college that's within drivable distance. So what? So Rick can come home on the weekends and do his laundry and have me? I, I can see them wanting, can you please pick something like that's within, they're in New York, pick something. There's like a, I'm sure a plethora of colleges there. I mean, what do they mean driving distance? Something where it's only a couple hours away, he can come home on weekends? Who knows? That's why it's like, I'm really wishing that we had just gotten the show with him graduating Hi high- he's still got another year. I really just wish the show had ended like that. Like, hey, we get to hear where he's going to college. We get to see him graduate high school and just, you know, Instead, it's going to end with them in a cabin in a snowstorm. So for this episode, gosh, let me think here about what a rating I want to give. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I think the only thing I would knock off would be Dean Stockwell and his wanting to give a a Whitley history 101 lesson at like nine o'clock at night in their in Brad and Rick's dorm room was just a mm, knocking off a point for that. So four out of five trains. I thought it was it was it was good. I liked the bangles song. Uh, I liked Rick and a towel. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was cool. I like, you know, the ending scene with Kate, you know, helping Rick and Edward kind of come to a decision together that makes both of them happy. Actually, also, you know, I'm going to knock, I'm going to knock one more. So it's going to be a three out of five because I really don't like the way that Edward bought, was trying to buy or bribe Rick into going to this Whitley school. It really irritated me. I did not like, so three out of five. Silver spoonful for this episode is please don't buy your kids into trying to go to a college or bribe them. I mean, I was just asking Jeremy that. Oh, like, giving him the situation. Like, okay, let's say that your dad was going to offer you, like, a really great, amazing new car. But you had to go to the college that your parent picked... And it would be a college that you would never in your wildest dreams ever want to go to. Like it had like the worst like reputation. Just just. He said it wasn't. Jeremy said it wasn't like that wouldn't be worth it. Like it wouldn't be. I mean and think about it. Four years guys. Four years of your life. Is a Porsche really worth four years of being in a college you're probably going to be miserable at anyway? I mean unless you keep your college life separate from Your. Your relaxation, free time life and, you know, balance the two. I don't know. But yeah, don't don't do that to your kids. Don't give them an uh, ultimatum like that. Alright, let's take a look. Next week, I'll be covering the final two episodes of Silver Spoons. Season 5, episode 23, entitled Edward's Big Adventure, which aired on March the March 3rd, 1987. Bored by being left home alone, Edward ventures out to a bar he used to frequent in college but loses his wallet while dealing with a pool shark. Ugh. And of course, the series finale, season 5, episode 24, entitled Let It Snow, Let It Snow, which aired on March 4th, 1987. In this episode, Kate and Edward tried to have a romantic weekend in the snow, but Rick, Alfonso, Brad, and Dexter spoiled their plans. Getting time alone is impossible, especially when a blizzard hits their cabin. Will they survive? I will have to watch to find out, because I have no idea. <laughs> and those are, alright, I hope you guys enjoyed podcast episode. I really enjoyed both these episodes, thought they were fun. And I look forward to coming in the final two episodes and saying, sadly saying goodbye to the Silver Spoons podcast. So have a great week, everybody. And please continue to be safe. If you'd like to email the podcast, you can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Bye bye, everybody.